0: Welcome back, everyone, to We Want More, the Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality Fan Fiction Analysis Podcast, a subsidiary of Doof Media Incorporated. I am your host, Stephen Zuber.
1: I'm Brian Deacon. Hi, everybody.
0: Man, I crushed that. I'm I know. I, I, I was going to be the one, one to get meta about it. it. I didn't stutter or anything. I was going to let
1: you like roll all the way through it, not say anything.
0: But... No, can't let a victory like that get That's away from true. me. I get so few <laughs> victories these days. Yes. All right, Brian. So, Hermione confesses to attempted murder... And, and um, is tried by the Wizengamot. What'd yeah. you think?
1: Addled Hermione. That was the word that kept coming through my head. She, um... Yeah, because we like... She's, like, super central to all this, but she's, you know... We don't hear a lot from her. She's just kind of... She's the NPC, as Harry would have said. She's the MacGuffin. Out, the, the MacGuffin, yes. She's the um, thing he has to do. Yeah, what I think of it... So, like, I like the interesting way this is going, and then, like, cool things like we were just... Before we started recording about, uh... Quirrel. so this comes cool stuff but uh, probably gonna make a lot of friends in the peanut gallery again with my impressions of Harry Harry's again like not very likable this time but I like the uh, like where the plot went so it was kind of cool and it wasn't too bad it was actually well we could talk about it it was a little sort of I was I was conflicted because uh, like on some parts like aware like him getting all worked up was like another sign of like his very cool kind of consistent through this whole story of being just a really good friend. Um, and so, like, very warranted sort of outrage on behalf of Hermione, but then also just like dropping back into his like, you know, vindictive, self-righteous Spock thing.
0: All right. Um, so. I've been I've been asked, and I think with good reason to have you cite examples of that, but I think they come up early in the notes. So unless you want to like give uh, uh,
1: of him being not so yeah, fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: but I think you did. You called those out in the notes too. So I think as long as yeah. we address them when they come up then it will have a... Uh, well that's thing. It's like And
1: sort of like the recurring thing is like there'll be something that Harry does that just like rubs me the wrong way and he's just being kind of a dick and like it seems you know, like the objections a lot of the time are, well, yes, but what about what he was talking about? Like the point, like there's no amount of correct Harry can be that justifies being a dick about it. Um, so like the correctness is neither here nor there.
0: I think um, people have, and me included, have like a, a contention of what counts as dickishness and like, at some point, you know, you try asking nice and then it's like, all right, time to whip out my, you know, being an asshole card. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll we'll hit the beats as they come up. How's mm-hmm. that? How's that sound? Yes.
1: Uh, yeah. And that's not, it's like it's it's almost always about. Well, I'm I mean, so it's about delivery and just also like the and it's like, like sort of very consciously like setting aside the like what are the facts of the thing? It's like, is that just the kind of person you want to be? Um, and then like just hedging your bet around, you know, what if I'm wrong? um
0: what what sort so of thing yeah. might you have been wrong about?
1: uh this time I mean I don't know. so it just sort of like just goes I mean it just sort of push the button when you go into like the general like he's just sort of being like indignant and like in your face. Um, but like so I mean like with the uh bully the the battle in the hallway with the forty uh, clan members, um it was more about. Well, so, I mean, that one is a, like, it wasn't like, oh, it's not even, that, it's not that you're wrong here. It's, um, it's the, like, you know, if you just carry through with this attitude with everything in the times that you're not right, it's going to be like a disaster. So it wasn't even like, it's not that, it's not that he's wrong or that like, or even that like, shouldn't do anything about the bullying. I think that was something that came up a lot and something that um, even with Dumbledore, it's like, Dumbledore was never saying like, we're not going to do anything. He's just like, this shit's complicated. We have to figure it out. Um, We can't just kind of like, you know, roll in and do whatever the fuck sounds good in the moment. Um, So it's more like the, you know, is that, is that a good approach long term in any situation when you can't have any sort of certainty around, you know, how does, you know, am I right this time? Because you're going to be wrong a lot and need to hedge it. But, you know, what's a strategy and just sort of a way of interacting with people that A, makes them want to interact with you more later and B, like in the times that you are wrong did you completely fuck yourself with the level that you just like weren't willing to take that into account and the level that you were just going to you know bowl anybody over for disagreeing with you? It works great when you're right. And most of the time we know we're right, but we're not. And then I guess like the thing I keep coming back to is like the times because I can be a snarky dick and that's why this like rubs me the wrong way because it's so like oh I speak this language Uh, but like like the times I feel like the most shitty is when I've said something I'm being think I'm being like all clever and snarky and then I will just say something that's like like not only sort of hurtful in me but also like shows some sort of like me being like wildly off-base or misinformed or just wrong about something and that's when I'll come back and be like like that will like hit me with the gut sort of realization that even if I had been right, I was still being an asshole. And so like just the being wrong and being caught out on it just sort of like pointed it out really well. And just like such a, like a shitty feeling like, oh, I'm such, especially like if you like hurt somebody's feelings or you like genuinely do some like serious, you know, damage to a situation and it just all comes back. You're like, oh, that was, if I had just, you know, got some feedback first or just you know been a little more humble about my approach for the thing this wouldn't have been the disaster but I just kind of you know come in loud and proud and you know yelling that you know to get my way about something and as you feel like an extra jerk because you can sort of like play it back and you're like oh look at all that time or that I was just not taking into account other people and like that was the moment in which I was being an extra dick if I'd known like the full fact of things going on so I don't know
0: I, I think I hear you I mean I've yet to see him, like, crush somebody's feelings yet, but, uh, I mean, it sounds like the, the real-life pro tip here is just never be wrong. Then you don't have to worry about what happens when you go forward with too much, uh, too much uh, gusto when you're wrong because just you, you skip that second risk of being wrong. Yeah. No, I... It yeah, was, uh, that like,
1: yeah, something, especially, like, the interaction with... Um, so, yeah, he was probably, like, he... Because, like, Harry was pretty bad about that in the beginning of the book, and then he, like, swung, like, made real progress and personal growth. Um, And it seems like, and this, like, it fits in the story with me. Like, it it feels like he's sort of swung back, Uh, but that's sort of, like, a regression. He's, like, he's hitting all of this, like, stress and these things he doesn't know how to understand. So he's, like, falling back into these patterns that that works with, um, that he knows how to work with. Um, But, now I lost my train of thought. Um, Oh, that in, what was I trying to say? That the interactions with Dumbledore in that moment were, like, less about you know the right or the wrong about what to do but about like if if that had been so that you've got harry butting up against dumbledore and dumbledore sort of like giving the oh it's complicated speech like picture if dumbledore had just been another harry and you got two harrys going against each other like you know a harry potter uh head of hogwarts would just be not having that shit and shut the fuck up and get back to your class um because it only works, sense. like, when it's your side. You know, it's like when the other person's equally convinced of their own righteousness, it kind of sucks.
0: Makes me think of that argument that he and Quirrell had after the Azkaban breakout, where, like, Quirrell was totally unwilling to yield any ground, and uh, yeah. neither was Harry. So it's like, well, great, you guys both accomplished a lot. But I had more to on that, but I'm going to lose my other train of thought, which was the other main thing that, like, if, if Dumbledore had been, I don't know, I... With his, with his alter, and I know we haven't even touched on this chapter yet, but like with his argument with Dumbledore about the bullies, like if Dumbledore had tried to say, Look, Harry, I'm aware of the bullying problem, here's what I'm trying to do, and Harry kept interrupting him because he wanted to be pissed, that'd be one thing. But Dumbledore never said anything like that. He just said things are complicated. But he seemed like, I think, uh, McGonagall mentioned at some point that, like, oh, I think it's possible has forgotten what it's like to be a child or something because it yeah. was. 450 years ago um (laughs) so like it's uh it's entirely possible Dumbledore just didn't have a plan for the bullies and Harry was having none of that in which case you get where his indignation is coming from um so it it was uh it was fun but let's uh we did get
1: like in this chapter or or either this or chapter 80 um we do get like Dumbledore like calls basically says like oh Harry's entirely right um and that that was particularly Specific to Harry being pissed off about uh, Dementors, but like I like that was a, like a little insight that like Dumbledore is not cool with this stuff. He's just trying to deal with the reality as it is. So and it's sort of like easy to fall into that. Be like, okay, he's not doing anything that you see, um, and that and it's sort of like that false equivalence of like, oh, not agreeing with how Harry wants to do it means you're saying that we shouldn't do anything. Um, and it's not that. It's just you know. So I like that we got to see that Dumbledore really doesn't want shit to be that way. It's just. It's you know him being the one that has to do it. He has to deal with all of the shit that's in his way, and try to like negotiate this very imperfect landscape of how to get there.
0: Well, and it's it's fun too because like Harry uh, now gets to see firsthand, and so do we just how delicate the power balances are in magical Britain. Like Lucius cont- controls not like a a vocal third of the Wizengamot, but somewhere around fifty percent, right? And so, yeah. since Lucius is the stand-in for Darth Vader, and then <laughs> like we've got the evil bad guy. He he basically has one hand on the wheel of the entire country. And so, when Dumbledore doesn't take a stand against something, it's like, yeah, man, look, this is what happens. They go crazy and they try and send mm-hmm. a twelve-year-old girl to Azkaban. Like, uh, yeah, and and I'm. I'm curious what the fallout will be for Harry, having seen the inner workings of the Wizengamot and how all insane all that shit is. Um, magical justice is tight. We, you <laughs> have, we 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 have a quick thing here, a little little into the chapter, but I pulled out a a soundbite. But speaking of, we should dive in. Um, it opens up with the end of the last, with the same line as the end of the last chapter, where Komodo says, "Hermione Granger, you're under the arrest for the attempted murder of Draco Malfoy." Dun, dun, dun. And I know, right? And then Harry's like, what? She, she wouldn't do that. And um, then Komodo says that Mr. Malfoy has regained consciousness in St. Mungo's and named you, Hermione Granger, as his assaulter. And he repeated these accusations under Serum. And she knew, or, you know, apparently he says, you know, you must have known that'd be lethal, so therefore we're taking this very seriously. And,
1: and Hermione right away is like, yeah, I did it. It's weird. And like throughout both of these chapters, Hermione's been just super like, not zombie, but like out of it like and we don't really hear anything like intelligible come out of her she's just like i don't know why i did it but yeah i did it and so she's just like confused and weird
0: it's so sad the voice actors did such a good job for her too but I'm, there's like I'm no sorry,
1: moment where like oh I... maybe it's that's like right away she's like yeah no i did it so there's like no like trying to run around wondering
0: yeah i mean at least she's and that must be her inner hero trying not to dodge the the crime or something or you know maybe it's just that just sounds like a hermione thing to say if she right. if she believes that she did it um she's not gonna try and dodge the the fallout of that but like her whole thing where she's it says she seemed to collapse on herself her voice formed nothing but so- For her voice was formed of nothing but sobs the only words that could be made out were I thought killed him sorry <laughs> and it's like oh man and then of course they escort a uh, sobbing and sad Hermione out of the great hall and uh then this is where, and this is why I didn't mind giving you the throwaway a yeah, couple episodes right ago. And, like yeah, it comes, it comes right up, and, like, this is the only time it's mentioned. I guess that's a spoiler for content that's not in the future of the book, but um, <laughs> Harry, to do, Harry puts together that, okay, hold on, nothing nothing makes any sense. It's a real Beyond All Reckoning. Like, it may transport transported to an alternate universe. And then his mind flashed back to another day of confusion. In a moment of desperate inspiration, he finally realized what the Weasley twins had done to Rita Skeeter. And his voice rose in a scream, "Hermione, you didn't do it! You've been false memory charmed."
1: Yeah, this one was weird, I, and I, like, well, especially because you had, you know, were surprised that I had guessed it. What two chapters ago? One chapter, just or was that just last chapter?
0: Uh, um, two,
1: two episodes. Two tra- ago. Um, that, like, because I had way more clues than Harry does. There's so much of what. Uh, what we see as readers that Harry has no exposure to at all, and it was weird too because like you, we never heard like Harry sort of like chewing on any of those ideas and then like wondering this that or the other thing. It just it kind of like just blurts it out of nowhere. Um, so it was kind of weird. But, I can't remember. Uh, when and he sort of like and he just sort of like says that. Well, I th- you know, I think because it like sort of stood out like the idea not just so we've had like obliviation of like erasing stuff a lot, but that thing with Snape and what's her name. Um was sort of like I think that was like at least for me like the very first like idea that like oh you could also just sort of invent them too um, so it seems like it all sort of came up very kind of abrupt not a, not not abruptly bad but like okay that's what we're doing now here in the story and, and that's the idea um, but we never really had never saw Harry kind of like working that through just sort of like all of a sudden he just kind of snap figures it out um, and, like, cause, and also like there's no sort of like prompt for that in anything that's been going on he just sort of like very sort of Sherlock, well, this is what must have happened kind of thing with no, you know, like no, no evidence for that being kind of introduced in the story as he did it. It was just like snap. Oh, this must be what happened.
0: I think the, you know, I, and I, someone will have to give me the, the inside scoop. I should have it, but I've lost it where he learned about false memory charms. Cause uh, like, if you know, that's a thing and presumably he must've heard about it somewhere recently. It's, it's, like I, I don't believe the author would have just brought this up out of nowhere, but mm. um like if you knew that was a thing, it does make perfect sense. This is Hermione the nicest girl on the planet, Granger, and you're gonna tell me that she had a nefarious plan to slowly murder yeah. Draco Malfoy while he, you know, choked to death on his congealing blood in the in after a duel? Like no, nah, I'm call and so Harry his his flash of inspiration is like this is impossible. What could possibly be happening? Oh, I'm trying to explain something that didn't happen. And so like that, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's step one. That's step one in the skeptics tool toolbox of, you know, Hey, explain this confusing event for me is did this thing happen? Right.
1: Yeah. Same way. I mean, yeah, it's just like there, there are a number of other plausible explanations. Like, well, and I think even double More cups are like, Oh, maybe she was possessed by Voldemort. Um, like, yeah, so for him to like, and especially because he sort of lands on it as a certainty and we sort of treat it that way. And I'm sure, well, and, and we know a lot in the background of the story, we know a lot to go like, okay, that was totally it. Um, but Harry doesn't know all the stuff we know about it. And so for him to like land on it and then treat it as such a certainty was weird.
0: Maybe him screaming it here was just a
1: desperate thing of like literally well, uh, anything. No, because like we kind of go way. like later, I think as we get in here, there's kind of like, we even build from this is almost like the, we're not even like. Like Dumbledore's thing about maybe she was possessed possessed isn't really pursued as much of a thought beyond that it's more of a just kind of a, a lead into talking about the Horcrux and how Voldemort might be coming back but um and I can't I'll remember as we get to it but there, some we could sort of build on the idea of like where it's just sort of accepted that oh this was a false memory charm thing. yeah I think
0: they they run at the hypothesis once uh like the 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 cohort of you know the the shot callers here. Um, lay out all the ways that one can, you know, mess with someone's m- memory or mind, yeah. and this seems like the most li- uh, likely. But let's let's get into that. So we cut to um, McGonagall, Dumbledore, Snape, and Harry in the headmaster's office. Yeah,
1: and- and they're sort of like I think it's sort of like McGon or I don't know if it's Dumbledore explaining McGonagall or McGonagall explaining Dumbledore. but it's, We're kind of gets, like getting the exposition on what has happened that Quirrell had found. Um, had found Draco in the hallway, and then he explains a little later that because Quirrell, in his infinite wisdom, apparently like months earlier, had cast um, spells, like basically, you know, health alarm spells on Draco, and that's what um, clued Quirrell into, you know, like, oh, I know, th-. And, th- and why? Because apparently there's wards in the hallways that if somebody's like immediately dying, then somebody will just know, but that the blood chilling spell that Hermione used on him. Uh, was killing him slowly and so not setting it off, but quarrel had better spells on him that let him know that, um, that Draco was in trouble. And so he came in, we don't even know, like we're sure. I don't even, it seemed as I was thinking about that, that, so all of that's like the plausible explanation. Um, but like how much of that was true and, and how much of that did he have to, like, is that sort of relying on his ability to have hidden it um, that he did it? Cause the, It it was weird, like, oh, like, months ago, Draco specifically, you said you should be, to yourself, that you should be casting spells to monitor that he's going to be okay.
0: Do you remember Um, the inciting incident that made him say that, or made him think that? mm -mm. Mm-mm. On the train station uh, arriving back after Christmas, Lucius confronts Harry, and after, like, their really confusing dialogue, he, like, Lucius... Kind of drags Harry to like that whatever shadow realm um, from Yu Gi like, Oh. He says,
2: "My figure. son is my mo-
0: is the most important yeah. thing in the world to me, and I'll throw away everything if he comes to harm." And then he's like, "Wait, you told Dumbledore that? You don't think Dumbledore might want to? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Do something oh, okay. about that?
2: Yeah." Oh, shit.
0: Yes. So, it, like at the very least, it's not coming out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. You're right. Harry's just got me in a bad mood. These chapters. <laughs> oh, well, let's see what goes on there. So, um. Um, But so, and yeah, and so that we're here, I, I like this sort of like cool description, and we get it a little later too, the just cool descriptions of Quarrel being like ridiculously powerful. So it's like, oh, he finds him and he just like quick dispels everything and stabilizes him and just floats him over to the flue to get him over to St. Mungo's right away. I like sort of like, paint, like playing in the back of my head as I'm reading it, the like, oh, I wonder how this really played out because it would have probably Quirrell that did it. Although, you know, so we don't know. Or maybe it was just that Quirrell did make Hermione capable of doing it. But like the whole idea like, oh, you were monitoring them and that's how you knew. To me, it sounded like bullshit. It was like, no, because you knew this was going on. So you were like watching the whole time, either watching or, I mean, you knew exactly what was going on. It wasn't like you didn't know you needed to be looking out. Um, But yeah, just sort of like the, these little and we get that later with his interrogation in a couple scenes like just him being kind of casually powerful Krill's awesome Um, in a lot of ways but yeah Um, so then so we find that out and then um and and harry's also in the room and uh and harry's like okay when there's gonna be the investigation and Hermione needs to get a lawyer and i think it's snape that's like i know the trial's tomorrow And Harry's like, what the fuck? And this is like a few occasions like this where Harry's just like, you wizards just just completely fucked in the head. Um, And uh, I think Snape or Dumbledore, as they're talking it through, like Dumbledore says like, yeah, very little of the legal system here involves lawyers. Um, And they're like, and he's like, well, what about the investigation? Like the investigation's over. Like we've got, you know, Veritas Serum accusation, Veritas Serum confession, like we're done.
0: What I love about that is in the notes here, you you had Harry quote, "What the fuck, lizards! Your justice system lacks quality." <laughs> and <laughs> I was hunting around. that I
1: was actually trying to find the uh, origin. That's a, that's a uh, one of our listeners can maybe uh, clue us in. There was a Spike and Mike's sick and twisted animation. It's a uh, there was a thing that this uh, I couldn't, couldn't remember his name. It was a a surly Daisy said that he said, this movie lacks quality.
0: Love it. I just my answer was like, what you mean a confession? When when compelling a confession is literally as easy as waving <laughs> your hand constitutes a fair investigation around here.
1: Exactly. And, well, I gave well, her a false. Me- yeah, you could just first give them a false memory and then get them under veritasem to confess.
0: Yeah, because yeah. as far as they are aware of in their own mind, they did it, and it's like, what do you mean that's enough? Like <laughs> y- you get a confession and that's it, and I guess. Well, I do. I call, mean,
1: like uh, we call it out quite a bit. that yeah. Like how might Like what a huge sort of like this is like half a time turner in terms of its like implications of what that means for reality and how you're going to like try to draw out a plot. Um, Cause like your entire world is, you know, a potentially just fiction. I'm trying to, th- what are those, uh, those AI driven uh, videos that people make deep, oh, deep fakes? Fake. Like your whole world is deep fake. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: at least, at least Dumbledore lays out the strict limitation on false memories, which is that it takes as much time to cast perfect false memory as the event would take to occur. So you can't deep fake someone's, like, last year memories <coughs> they're so going to sit next to them for a solid yeah. year. But, you know, you drop in enough things. It'd be, like, god damn, it's amazing that the magical world hasn't fallen apart or exploded already, mm-hmm. right? Like, just think of what this would mean for, like, a bad relationship. What what this would mean for uh, a crooked cop. Like, all, all of the, the ability to, to put thoughts in someone's head is just the most egregious the, the abusive overpowered gaslighting
1: yeah. his his abused partner exactly that's like the ultimate gaslighting you can just it, it, change their memory
0: yeah i mean this is this is less gaslighting and more rewriting their history <laughs> and that it doesn't get any more gaslighty than i mean that's that's less of a gaslight more of a gas fire it might gas nah. fire, all yeah, right that something. metaphor's killed um but yeah so uh this is then where Harry's like, wait, what do you mean it's tomorrow? And uh, at least Dumbledore says that uh, he's instructed Amelia that this matter be given the utmost scrutiny, whatever the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at least
1: is it, like, you know, they, I don't know, they hired, but they, you know, they got somebody to to examine Hermione for being illegitimized from somebody that he super trusts and is good, and um, we get a, sort of a little background into what can be detected. Um, and I thought it was, like, interesting that, like, oh, the, the Legilimens was able to tell that uh, just the tiny little bit of Dumbledore having, like, Vulcan mind-melded with Hermione during the, that, one of the, that first Dementor scene, like, that stood up. they like, oh, yeah, they knew that you did that. Um,
0: kind of makes me wonder what it looks like when you're the Legilimens looking in. Like, I, I don't know. I'm picturing all kinds of fun ways that could be displayed on screen. <laughs> kind of like the really shitty, um, pensive scene with, uh, who was the, the heavy potions masters s slug uh, like right. and like, like one, in the movie, one, it's just like everyone like kind of stops moving. The memory goes white and all you hear is like obviously fake mm-hmm. audio and it's like, okay, well, uh, it would look presumably a little different than that. Maybe it's like, you know, when you're reliving the memory of the person or something, it, ripples or some cool stuff and that's how you can tell who knows
1: the audience the, the with an echo effect and the volume turned down exactly
0: <laughs> um so yeah harry is calling out for observations rather than inferences on all of this which is exactly how i handle trauma like uh or emergency situations um you know i get a piece of distressing news and i'm like well hold on what did the doctors actually say well they said this i'm like okay what else what else did they add and then, then you learn that. Well, in in my cases, uh, a couple of times you get that, like, oh, okay, that is way less startling than the headline you gave me two sentences ago. Um, so I, Harry's pushing back on all these. He says, you know, unfortunately, the ill-fated duel was at midnight, and Harry's like, supposed duel.
1: Supposed duel. <laughs> yeah, it was weird, and, so, and this was like the this was the kind of the first scene where it kind of like weird back up for me, where it's the. And so I was like conflicted about it because in some ways. This is like a sign of Harry being like really sort of upset and concerned. And so you like sort of you have sympathy for the like he's freaking out about his friend. And so this is all coming from sort of this very selfless place of I have to help Hermione. Um, And then also like, okay, and then sort of like then in seeing Harry as this kid who's just like, freaking out like his kind of world is falling down and what sort of weird things is he grasping at to kind of cope with it that he's got this, this kind of like OCD but sort of like very snippy little you know where he you know he's acting like this little douchebag because this sort of like not helpful at all and snarky little like observations versus inferences blah 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 it's just like again like yes you're right but totally not relevant right now well um, it, it and is that relevant well, it's, right. I mean, again, it's like, well, yes, you're right. I mean, sure, you're right, but like, I'm I get it technically correct. Um, but, you know, that's not helping anything. It's, to, again, like not taking into context the importance of what you're saying or the the net effect of what that interaction means. You just sort of get locked into, well, yes, but I'm right, you know, with a very narrow focus and not, you know, raising your eyes above the ground right in front of you. Yes, I'm right. And so... I can go keep going ahead with this behavior without thinking any further beyond that. And that's, and, but I like, I saw it as the, as he's, he's upset. And this is like a way he copes because it's like, let's it, cause it does. He's able to sort of like narrow his horizons and only focus on the tiny little bit of the universe he can cope with right now and try to sort of like beat it all into submission with these like rules of rationality and, you know, trying to make his world very understandable Um, And so seeing it that way was like, okay, the kid's freaking out and he needs to like, he needs these ways to sort of soothe himself. Um, So that's on the one like you could see that. And so that was kind of my conflict as I'm reading all this. So that's, and I think that's very true. Like that's there and I can like sympathize with that. But then it's also like, oh, when you get like, when I get like caught up in the content of what he's saying, it's like, oh, except you know what? You're kind of being a dick though. I mean, like, I understand you're really upset right now, but cut it the fuck out.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm torn. Like, I mean. You're saying that he falls back on the air quotes, methods of rationality to try and make sense of his world during this emergency situation. Like what would, what would you recommend instead rather than trying to make, wor- make sense of the world around you when there's so much at stake? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, no, I guess. So it's, again, it's, it's like, it's delivery, you know, versus content. But So yes, you take any of these things on paper and he's correct. Um, but it's, you know, but as yes, you know form allies be you know don't be condescending to the people that are there trying to help you um you know cuz it's he's not at all you know helping the situation by um and there's even one scene like when he's lecturing dumbledore i think that has also sort of made it stand out is sort of how funny it is for like this kid a student sort of um you know lecturing at the headmaster um and then dumbledore sort of like humoring him a little bit, saying, well, I observed somebody that looks like, uh, as he came on a little later. So it's again, and, and I think like, and this is most of the time, and I think sometimes a lot of the misunderstanding is that it's not about like the end result of like what he's advocating or, you know, the rightness or wrongness of the just raw position he's taking. It's the like, you know, you forgot that these are humans that you're dealing with and, you know, you need to like, Form. I mean, it's not. It's even that. It sounds sort of like Machiavelli to say like, "Oh, you need to form allies and make sure that like, you know, what Harry would call the people stuff. Like, just don't be like like, just be nice, dude." Um, so it's again, it's not like uh, he could have like even that one little thing. He's like, instead of like observations versus inferences and in, in a very sort of like condescending tone and you know using jargon at um, at the wizard. Um, you could have just said, you know, just state that in plain English. Like, you know, it could have looked like that, but, like, what was it really? Um, just, you know, without, like, you know, busting out the I'm smarter than you
2: vibe. Uh,
0: I mean, I, I'm sympathetic to what you're saying. And I don't, I don't want to spend the whole episode beating this horse. But, like, I, I'm very sympathetic to Harry saying, look, let's get straight to the fucking point because we have at most 30 hours or whatever until the trial. Yeah. And like I don't want to burn precious seconds by saying how do I couch this in a way that comes off as nice as possible and he's just going to say look no hold on let's let's get to the bottom of this quickly and I I don't care if I come off rude while doing it because we're barreling towards a cliff here you know like <laughs> if if you're if you're literally barreling towards a cliff with somebody and they're driving you know and you observe it and they don't you don't say, um, you know, I really hate to critique your driving because I know, I know driving is a really sensitive subject for people and being told you're a bad yeah. driver is hard on people's feelings. But, you know, and if, I if, you, don't, like, if you hit I don't a break know, this, right now, yeah. that'd be really safe for all of us. What you say is,
1: slow the fuck down. You're going to fucking kill us. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if this is just like differing like levels of tolerance, like because I am not of, you know, the world that begat this story, like the levels of like what's okay and what's not. It's more like, it's not like, oh, try to be careful and tiptoe around everyone's feelings. Like from... Like my perspective is like, oh, you know, you have to go to extra effort to say it in a condescending way. You could just like leave that at the door and just say it in plain English. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. But and that it's uh, and most of this is just, it's been like mostly around delivery and attitude and not specific to the content. And I think it's also where it's easy to get lost because when you start like arguing over the content, we're like, yeah, and again kind of like the point I keep, you know, saying about it is it's it's not about you know the the thing at the end, you know, it's not about the specifics of the, of the thing that he's, you know, arguing about that is the issue. It's the, you know, l- learn how to interact with humans. Um, and just the, the attitude, like, and then what that says about just sort of a raw attitude of like how he considers himself in relation to the people he's with. That it's this very sort of set apart and kind of like a bravado, chest puffy, kind of like I'm smarter than all of you thing and i think it stood out even a little more because he was like trying to pull that on dumbledore so it even like stuck out more it's just like okay that's kind of like a little sillier because i mean beyond just like oh i know things about muggle world and i know things about just logical thinking better than you it's like to to like pull it up as as this just sort of general kind of superiority vibe around it um, comes to come off sillier. But it, but it again, like, but it also worked as as long as like, and then in my head, if I work it out, it's like, okay, not cool behavior that does fit into the like, okay, the kid is really upset because his best friend is in serious trouble and he's trying desperately to, he's so upset that it's like gotten beyond his normal ability to cope with it and that his people skills are, are falling away. Cause that's like the first thing that, that falls off for him. So it was sort of, like, it's just, like, how it fits in the plot. It was a good way of being, like, just kind of showing the gravity of, like, how fucked up this is for Harry. Um, that he's super, super upset. And how that fits into, like, he's just a really good friend to her. And so it kind of shows, like, the gravity of how much it means to him. So.
0: I think that all lands really well with me. Especially since you said the world that begat this story, which is going to stick in my head forever. <laughs> sounded awesome. Um, and, and, you know, running with my tortured analogy of the, the car barreling towards the cliff, uh you know, if, if you're taking the time to say, you know, to explain exactly what they're doing wrong and why you're a better driver, you're also still going to, you know, fall off the cliff, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and, and it's probably yeah. just deliver the news exactly. as quickly as possible, which is exactly. closer to what fits in the situation. But no, I, I hear what you're saying. And
2: that is just a
1: matter of perspective. Like, you know, what is he does? What he's doing count as the like explaining that, oh, you're such a terrible driver and you should listen because I'm smart. Or is what he's just saying the like, watch the fuck out and not worrying about being polite. Like, that's where he falls on the spectrum is just all about perspective.
0: Yeah. And there's probably some room for deliberation there. And I I do think that and the way that I like my whole Harry lens on this uh, this week's reading was like he is sitting there facing the news that his most, you know, trusted and heartfelt friend is going to be framed for murder. And that apparently this is all rushing through. Like, there's no time to get a lawyer. There's no time to do a real investigation. Like, this is just going to fucking happen. Yeah. And so if he's short and, cr- and curt with people, then it's like, okay, I, I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, where, it fits, like the, where it fits
1: into the story for me is that this is one of the ways in which he is like Quarrel. And at least for me, like, where it feels like the story is going is that Harry is... Dealing with this like other side, this other, you know, the allegory is that like they're the same person and that, you know, this is this his dark side that as things get shitty for Harry, he's falling back into this quarrel like, you know, shitty human being kind of behavior and that he's like Harry's like figuring that out. At least for me, what this feels like is Harry, like seeing that that part of himself and like learning on his own where he wants to go with it. Um, and so this like like this, like, it's not that like, oh, the protagonist of this story is a shithead. Um, it's the like, oh, this is the stuff that this character Harry is working out with, working through, um, and that like it fits into the the kind of dynamic and like this, whatever this back and forth is he's got with with Quirrell and how he's facing that in himself. Like, that's kind of like, that's a story that's playing out. Um, and to me, I like, so I don't, my guess at it sort of like how it fits as like kind of a. Just sort of like character, themey kind of plot is that, that it feels like, as because those are also ways in which like that's a very not rational way to behave. That like you know without evidence, I am just smarter than all you fuckers, um, and it, you know just taken as a as a as a given because that's very much how Quirrell. That like Quirrell isn't you know at all rational about it. Quirrell's just like I'm just smarter than all you you fuckers, um, and to the extent that Harry acts that way, it's not very. I mean, there's nothing you know, arrogance is not rationality. Um, and that that's what it feels like to me, like sort of being a, a pro-rationality theme to this is Harry realizing that being rational is not being arrogant and that he keeps the good stuff and ditches the quarrel part of it. That's what it f- feels like. It's going, and that he's been like sliding back and forth between that. Uh, yeah.
0: But, no, I like that analysis. It reminds me, I mean, like if Harry's arrogant, it probably comes from like never having anyone on his level as a kid, which arrogant or not, he's a child prodigy. So like he didn't get along well with other 10 10- and 11 year olds or whatever. Well, um, before that, he, I before know, I he think came it's... over to magical Britain. <laughs> so like, you know, it, it'd be like a 16 year old sitting in class with a bunch of 10 year olds, like nothing in common with these other little humans. Yeah. They share none of your interests. They can't follow any of your conversations. And so his malformed personality partly might come from that. It also reminds me of uh, the, I think it was the first episode of the big bang theory. And it's been ages since I have seen it, but I think it was uh, like their neighbor has this really dirty apartment. So Sheldon breaks in at night to clean it, and his roommate comes in and he's like, "What are you doing?" They were like whispering because you know the the neighbor's home and sleeping, and he's like, "I couldn't live with this just outside my door." And you know he says, "What do you mean that's not an explanation?" And he says, "I just gave you an explanation," and he says, "No, you gave me an explanation." its reasonableness will be determined by a jury of your peers and he says <laughs> i have no peers I have no
1: peers well that's fine. like and we don't even and well yes i'm sure like a lot of his behavior can be sort of justified with you know the situation or the background that he that he came from for it but you'll see like you don't need to like that he's part voldemort so he's an arrogant dick, not because there's some sort of justification for being in it. Like part of it is that he's being a dick, but that's not Harry or whatever. Like that's not the character we need to like. That is a crappy part of him that it feels like that he's working through. And that he's like, he's taking like that, but that like analyze. And that's what sort of fits in really well with like the rationality part of it. He's looking at himself and questioning it and going like, oh, you know what? I don't need to act like this. Um, so it's like, and it's, so it's not a conflict. You'd be like, oh, is he being a dick? That doesn't need to be like a conflict with the story. It's like, yeah, there's that part of him that's a dick, and that's very quarrel. Um,
0: yeah, I was. I mean, I, I was giving an explanation that didn't involve your your cracked brain uh, theories. <laughs> it was. Uh, and, and, but, but, oh, um, that's right. We're still
1: playing this one. Like, oh, theoretically.
0: Theoretically, no. But 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 what I was getting at is that you can have a, uh, like, wherever his malformed personality traits come from. Uh, it it makes sense to do your best to acknowledge them, like by seeing them and overcoming them, right? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter if it came from whatever magic or if it came from just not having friends as a child or something, right? Yeah. But in any case, it's like, look, you're not going to be a happy person that way. Rationality is the is, you know, the in a nutshell about achieving your goals and uh, having a clear map of the world, which is kind of a requisite for achieving your goals. And if your goals are to be a happy and well-rounded person, well, you need to know what makes you tick and what's going on in there. So um, I I agree. And I'm realizing that we're at 40-ish minutes and we've made it about 10 par- paragraphs in. So right. I I want to keep pushing through. That, that horse uh, is
1: beaten. So,
0: Yeah, my arm's getting tired. We'll have to rest it for a minute before I have to, <laughs> to whip out the old... All right, so where we? Is that what they use? There's uh, that really, sure. really funny GIF of like two old timey people like beating a dead horse. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's like a painting just that's been animated with computer magic. And it's just like two frames of them taking turns smacking this dead horse. It's like a Renaissance painting. <laughs> just like in a loop. Yeah, exactly. Nice. All right. All right. So,
1: so we do get so a little more like kind of plot important explanations as they're like going through that, that they... The, like the various explanations for how might that have happened. They mention obliviation among other things. And I, they don't fixate on the obliviation part too much, but I did because it's, and I think we all would, because it's the, based on what we know, it's the, um, the most plausible, but that they do say, obliviation cannot be detected by any known means, but only a professor could have cast that spell upon a student without alarm from the Hogwarts wards. Um, so I'm like, well, yeah. And who's, oh yeah, Quirrell's a professor. Um,
0: the only thing with with obliviation is that it doesn't make memories; it makes you forget stuff.
1: Well, I, well, I mean, so my understanding from the the Snape thing um, was that he was saying that I, I don't know I mean if it's not literally the same spell, but the that whole thing is like we cannot just erase them; we can also recreate them because. Um, I think that's recall. the
0: false memory charm.
1: Is that separate from obliviation?
0: I think so. It'll only be Especially because they laid it out as two of the different ways to mess with memories when they're going yeah. through the memory magic. Um, oh, there's yeah, there's yeah. legitimacy, <sighs> oblivion, confundus, and false memory charms. But, like, and, you know, I'm going to also just call shenanigans on the fact that legitimacy can't be, or excuse me, that oblivion can't be detected. You're telling me you can walk through someone's life story in their head, but you don't notice a big screaming gap?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, huh, it's you a, seem to have no memories from oh. Wednesday to Thursday two months ago. Oh, well yeah i'm, I'm does gonna mean i mean i guess even at that point you might well and it's the confused.
1: one that sort of like explicitly call it like we're gonna like bring in plot lawyer rules around that one specifically we don't get too concerned about the other stuff but yeah um but yeah but we and we know though because and that's like the thing like harry didn't didn't get any of this but we got to see the whole scene with sith kermit turning into the blue fairy so this is all super planet like we're all primed to like make this jump um and so, I, yeah, and I think, like, and so, like, this one, like, stands out. I think this was put here very much for, for us to, to notice. This so that, This one I don't think was meant to be very subtle. Um, but, yeah, and it sort of, like, calls back to that, that scene and it's, like, that chapter-ending scene with where, you know, it starts out with one thing and then, okay, that didn't work, so obliviate her and then try again with this fairy whatever creature, like, and that's what sort of stuck out as being very quarrelly sociopath because it's like, okay, that wasn't a good way to manipulate a human, let me try a different one. Um, how to human yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i'd like playing that but like
1: it's more and more creepy the more you sort of like think about it it'd be like especially because it's sort of implied that there was some sort of like groundhog's day thing that like maybe he tried 10 or 12 variations before he found the one that really worked this Um, isn't
0: a spoiler at all because you're like we also got more ellipses and you mentioned that that meant that there are probably more than just the two we saw but when it when sith kermit first shows up uh she whirls and spins and puts her points or wand and already feels tired and mentally fatigued mm. like at, at our first yeah. exposure to it so i get like that was probably and, the take eight yeah canon or canonized wait canonized uh explanation or not, it's 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 my it's my head canon that that was that sith kermit was not the first attempt uh, at beguiling our poor miss granger
1: i was just saying there's that uh what was that tom cruise movie with it like a time loop thing there's like a gif that's like a gimmick about it that like the gif loops and the the uh, the dialogue also loops. Wait, so when does it restart? That's the first sentence.
0: Oh, that's funny. Right. Also, I didn't know you were a jiffer. I thought we were friends, but clearly uh, this friendship is You
1: stupid. know, like, I'm OG jiffer. I, I first saw a gif on CompuServe where it was fucking invented, and the argument that it should be Pronounced gif is a solid argument and if we were taking a vote and deciding how should this new thing be pronounced it should be called gif i would be on the gif train the correct but side it just mind. isn't yes it should have been pronounced gif but it's not
0: if we can't criticize we can't optimize they Brian.
1: shouldn't have canceled firefly but they fucking did it's just the way it is the dude that made it made it you know you should be able to go to Buna Vista, Colorado, and called them a bunch of illiterate fucks. But the citizens of a town do not mispronounce the name of their own town. The inventor of the GIF is not mispronouncing GIF.
0: No, but we can all decide that he was wrong and just go with the. Again, yeah, it yeah.
1: Sh- that's the should have been pronounced GIF. Yeah, which I'm going to totally just
0: go of. with. I want to treat the world as I want it to be, not as it is. <laughs> I, I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world. GIF. GIF. This is the hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> All right, um, so oh, you yeah. also pulled out. Oh yeah, where uh, Harry grabs the, um, Her- or Dumbledore's explaining that false memory charms are, when cast, perfectly <clears throat> indistinguishable from true memory.
1: Yeah, we see and then Harry's, and this this was actually more than one. that's like a, where it felt very much like, oh, that was just so sort of like an unnecessary. Because Harry's like, yes, memories have been known to be false, but it's like, okay, not relevant right now, dude. And that's where it all that one stuck out more, sort of like sympath- like easy to sympathize with. Because uh, like you're like he's just trying to cope, man. Like, I just need to quote a study real quick. It just like it makes me feel better.
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> scratching his arm just like, I, know, he's like, oh, I just,
1: just I just need this. Please, just let me have this.
0: Yeah, that one I I do feel like that uh, <laughs> that spocking is a good yes. uh, stress coping technique, and it's one I'm sympathetic to as well. Yes. So. You, you, you frame something in terms that you understand from your domain of expertise. You're right. like, okay, I feel safe. I've because taken my breath. I can understand right. this. Yeah. Everything's
1: going to be okay.
0: And so then there was a study you know, they, about this. They toy with the idea of muggled drugs. Um, they, uh, oh, yeah. So then this is where you also grab that quote from. Uh, um, Oh No, wait, so this was the one where, so you asked how Harry could have guessed the quote that you pulled out, but it, I think oh, there's, a yeah. big, there's a big clue before that. So Dumbledore is laying out, he says, a false memory charm of such quality requires as much time to create the true memory. Creating a detailed memory of 10 minutes would be 10 minutes work. And according to the court legilimens, Miss Granger has been obsessing over Mr. Malfoy and Severus, or er, se, er, been obsessing over Mr. Malfoy since the day that Severus yelled at her. She's been thinking about how Mr. Malfoy might be in league with Professor Snape, how he might be planning to harm Harry and managing it for hours every day. It would be impossible to create memories for, so, for such a long time. And so then when Harry has his leap of intuition here, you can grab the quote. It says,
1: ah, Harry said suddenly, I get it now. The first false memory charm was cast on Hermione after Professor Snape yelled at her and showed, say, Draco and Professor Snape plotting to kill her. Then last night, that false memory was removed by oblivion, leaving behind the memories of her obsessing about Draco for no apparent reason. At the same time, she and Draco were given false memories of the duel. Which all sounds like a great explanation, but like, and how the fuck did you pull that out of your ass?
0: I mean, so I just put, pushes up Harry James Potter Evans' of glasses. Well, it's consistent with the evidence.
1: And I put in the image that, that you people would understand of the Texas sharpshooter. And was he
0: drawing his bullseye around He's his drawing, arrow? Yeah,
1: did you, that's in our little notes. I put the, yeah. He's got, he's got his wall full of bullet holes and he's drawing his bullseye around it. Oh, yeah, it was a small um, picture. Now I see uh, what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah,
0: that's funny. Um, so, yeah, I I think, uh, like, given, I don't know, it it makes sense to me. Without, it does without wait. Without no, it's a confirmed, I mean, But it's like, where did that come from? No, yeah,
1: exactly. It's more like, how would you know? And, like, maybe there's some, like, later, like, oh, and this was planted in Harry's memory for him to guess it or something. But it's, it was very sort of, like, out of nowhere, like, why? Like, that first, he just sort of guessed it out of out of thin air, that, like, oh, this is a false memory charm. And now he's kind of... Because there's nothing at all to support. like, there could have been any number of ways that this happened, and for him to, like, latch onto this specific one uh, is weird. I don't know.
0: I mean, what's another way this could have happened? Because he's, A, hasn't been exposed to the, you know, the shade of Voldemort can possess people hypothesis, and... I mean, yeah, so I guess without that, what else would you say? No, there's like the long
1: think? explanation around well, especially like if if there had been something that like, oh, she thinks Draco and Snape are plotting to kill her, then sometime during those months she would have said something about it to Harry. And you can maybe come up with some like further strain explanation about why she wouldn't, but it's all just getting weird for for like inventing a whole Narrative around how this could have happened—it's very long, involved narrative to explain it. And yeah, well, totally plausible. Like a bunch of other things are equally plausible. So to kind of like latch onto this one, um, yeah. And and so like, what specifically was the explanation from her that we were trying to explain that she was retaliating for months of threats on her life?
0: Well, so she in the retelling that she gives and that the legilimens gives she doesn't remember why she thought that Draco was up to something that what she did was she lost the duel and in a fit of rage decided to murder Draco Malfoy Mm. and so like that screams so much bullshit that Harry calls fake at Uh. that and so I'm sympathetic to him saying no we don't have to explain that of events something else happened there well so did and you so, did you
1: read this more because i read it as him just sort of like and i'm pretty sure this is how it went but so was your read of what harry says right here more that like oh here's one possible like that he was saying like oh there's any number of ways that it could have happened and here's just one of them like off the top of my head is that because that that would sort of make more sense
0: i read this as uh like harry's leading contender for the explanation but not necessarily as the leading contender mm. Um, that would make more sense like, yeah
1: because i just read it as i'm just sort of like aha this is it i'm like really how do you know that
0: I, yeah i think that like i mean from where harry's harry's working with i think it's the best guess and it's a very good guess but like then of course we move into another really plausible explanation that uh you know if uh yeah. yeah if if obliviation doesn't show up in um whatever legitimacy, then it's entirely plausible that being possessed also doesn't so mm. uh Like, I, yeah, I'm talking myself in circles here. We'll move on to. uh, But what they do, so
1: then they bring up the the being possessed thing. And that, I think that sort of is more important to steer the conversation towards, well, if she's possessed by Voldemort, how is it that Voldemort's going back, coming back? Um, And so Dumbledore kind of goes into an explanation, kind of like uh, explicitly does not say the word Horcrux. Um, you You fixed my spelling for Horcrux. Horcruces. you know what's funny
0: is that google knows the spelling for every like hogwarts word that
1: was intentionally misspelled that's that was the uh fake latin uh plural of horcrux oh Horcruxes, like vertex vertices um that so yeah we kind of get some background ex- explanation into how horcruxes work without uh dumbledore saying that that's what he's talking about but as that's sort of like the explanation around well how is he coming back to life Um, and that if he is in this sort of like half dead state of, you know, a fraction of a soul inhabiting some object that he would be possessing people, which isn't as good as coming back to life. Um, and that maybe that's, and so maybe that's the explanation for why Hermione did it is that it wasn't really her. Now that explanation doesn't really work as far as like, because she believes she did it. So that, that, that doesn't quite work. Harry's explanation is way better. Um,
0: Maybe it's not possession in the same sense of like someone else piloting your body while you're screaming from the backseat.
1: Yeah.
0: Like maybe it is more insidious, like Inception style than that.
1: But she would have had to because she did. She has memories that are to, like she didn't quite understand it, but that she felt like it wasn't just the like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Like she remembered wanting to do it it doesn't quite understand why she wanted to do it. But, and that's like why, what her confusion is, but, but like just being possessed, even if it was like either, even if like she couldn't remember or, you know, she was just passenger in her head, um, that wouldn't be enough to explain, uh, her having a conflicted memory around wanting to do it. Right. Cause she, cause that... in her, she's like, yeah, I did it. I'm confused as to why, but like, she's totally confessing to doing it
0: yeah that's that's what makes like inception sound much more reasonable right yeah yeah i do like the and this isn't really plot relevant i just like how like dumbledore's got this awesome way of talking and i'll save everyone from me having to read the whole thing but when he's describing horcruxes without using the word which i have a guess why i'm don't think it i'll get your thought on that in a second but he says uh by that ritual of blackest horror the torn fragment of soul is changed to this world to a material thing of this world which must be, or then becomes, a device of power. Device I don't know why. I just love, love that. There was realm. actually
1: that, that was one of my notes about these TJ. Uh, even more so in the coming chapter with like the uh, descriptions of the Whiz Gamut. But uh, it was just a lot of like cool, flowery language. Like it, both, like because we're used to that from from Dumbledore. It kind of ebbs and flows, but Dumbledore is kind of the most over the top flowery language. But we even got some. It was like that's because you of, learned
0: English in Victorian era. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Every time I'd say Dumbledore's age, i add like a century to
1: it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Do you have an act? no, he probably is old enough for a Victorian era. I don't know. It's, it's never really like explicitly stated. I always guessed like 150-ish.
0: I think that's uh, about no. c- canonical. Which like,
1: yeah, I guess I would get him back to quite, yeah, sort of Victorian. Anyway, what the hell was I saying? That's wild. Oh, but the, like, yeah, in these two chapters, a lot of like kind of like dramatic flowery language um, which is kind of like it works for Dumbledore and then it was just kind of like cool descriptions about because I think we, he was trying to be very kind of um, well certainly like the ancientness of the wisdom gamut he was just sort of like trying to be kind of a very sort of epic mythical vibe to the whole thing so I kind of like and he's good you know I, I he's good at that at that kind of stuff just sort of like the very within like we make a very cool little paragraph right here with, so I like um, I
0: agree he's sad. got a like I mean this sounds like a it's not a diss at all he's he's got a flair for the dramatic flair right the dramatic. yeah I can, um,
1: yeah I think like those are my my the two biggest compliments I would give would be like this little like he can sort of turn on just kind of nice prose um, and sort of like nice sort of snarky dialogue that works well but then I think the big one that's I think the most unusual that he does well is that sort of like this almost television kind of pacing that the serialized chapters thing like he does a good job of kind of having that kind of back and forth and like building up tension then holding it there and then like letting it go um, between chapters, which feels like it does come a lot from like a television way of storytelling, but it works really well. He so does a good job with that. And you don't yeah, see that you, much.
0: You, you can almost see it on TV yeah. and like it's not like a lot of other books where they, they're like, we'll hold tension here for 700 pages and we'll be mm-hmm. back to, you know, Tyrion Lannister and King's Landing after the end of the next book. <laughs> um, it's it's none of that nonsense. No, it's
1: it's holding tension and then not writing another chapter for seven months. Yeah, I'm glad I, I mean, didn't have to go through that. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> it.
0: Those are rough days, man. They were they were exhilarating, especially towards the end. But we'll we'll we're we're getting there. Um, and so this was Dumbledore's hypothesis was that, um, Voldemort. You know, while running around as uh, I think I remember this line from I think canon. I think it's word for word. Less than a spirit, less than the meanest ghost. Um, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So then, like. He says that it would take a long time for him to get a mockery of life, and that's why we've had our ten-year reprieve. Uh, I wouldn't think that he would uh, do anything during that time but consolidate his power. But it—it's just like him to use his lesser, uh, whatever, his lesser form to manipulate and to to, you know, screw up stuff with, for people. So I think, like in the original, thing, he was
1: like stepping around in the forbidden forest, eating unicorns or some shit. He was like having like uh, half monstery thing.
0: No, nah, that was um. In fact, now it confuses me how the fuck he did that. That was uh, Professor Quirrell in the canon one. Um,
1: well, but it was Quirrell as, I mean, it was like the
0: Voldemort. Well, it was, it, was Quir- it was, yeah, Voldemort riding around in the back of Quirrell's head. Yeah. Now the confusing part is how do you bend over with so the face on the back of your head can drink Unicorn's blood?
1: Uh, I don't know. You could just, like, have Quirrell do all the dirty work and then when it's all done, like, have him, like, just, you know. Lay, like, down lay down backwards Unicorn just, like, corpse. Tilt- <laughs> just, like, tilt your head down and, like, well, you could get it in, like, a bottle.
0: You know. yeah a bottle with us with like a, bendy straw, a so <laughs> <it> <laughs> bendy straw so
1: you can bendy straw yes i guess one of those like crazy a... like football beer helmets and so then and this so they is can where both drink He can have, you, then he puts it on sideways so there's one in front and one in back and then they can both drink
0: oh man it's perfect i love it beer helmets of unicorn juice
1: <laughs> sweet
0: sweet unicorn juice Sweet sweet. all right <laughs> all right Home two, two galleons yeah. a can all right um so then this is where, uh, you pulled out some more stuff here. Oh uh, yeah, so we back. got,
1: sounds like, well definitely be significant later, but that there's, so uh, so Dumbledore is surprised that if, it's, that if it is Voldemort that came in and did this, like, uh, Dumbledore was always expecting that he would, like, catch Voldemort coming in to try to catch, to try to steal the secret thing. I'll get into that in a second, but that it didn't occur to him that, like, Voldemort would just show up, fuck with some kids, and then leave. Um, so Dumbledore wasn't ever really prepared for that but the reason that we get is that that there is some there's something that Dumbledore really needs in order to to be able to bring himself back to life that is being held at Hogwarts and Harry's like are you a fucking idiot and Dumbledore is, Dumbledore's Dumbledore's kind of like like I know right um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's so this is the part that feels like okay this is going to be significant later is that there is some unnamed person Uh, that is able to force Dumbledore's hand, and Dumbledore didn't want it, uh, kept it Voldemort. uh, Where did he say he wanted it? He wanted it at the Ministry of Magic. Um, But that whoever was in control of it was able to dictate that it had to be kept at Hogwarts, and so uh, Dumbledore kept it there and then was uh, thinking that, okay, that's going to be the bait, that we're going to be able to uh, catch Voldemort when he comes to try to get it, and so he wasn't really prepared for Voldemort uh, showing up, half-killing Draco and leaving. There's another thing that makes me come like, Dumbledore is so very aware of things around both Voldemort and uh, and Quirrell. Like, all he sit, like every once in a while he will drop some like some uh, indication that he knows more about the background of Quirrell than he's letting on, and what that kept pinging for me. And like, at first I was like, oh, that seems strange. And then I'm like, it does seem strange um, that. Why, like, for all this, A, like, the specifics that Dumbledore seems to know, and Dumbledore's ability to infer lots of other things. There's this, like, big, gaping red flag around how can Dumbledore know all this sketchy shit around Quirrell and not think he's Voldemort. And part of, like, well, maybe he does. Because uh, that would be a very Dumbledore thing to be, like, all cagey about. Um, and then as I'm, like, entertaining that thought more, I'm like, oh, well, that's fucking crazy. Like, what does he think is going? <laughs> Where does Dumbledore think this is going?
0: Well, and also he's, he's throwing out this, you know, Voldemort shade hypothesis, but he's not saying, and by the way, I want to talk to Professor Quirrell when he gets back. Yeah. Um,
1: when clearly, yeah. like, yeah, he's being, because he's super canny about a bunch of other stuff, and he apparently knows, and we keep dropping hints that, like, oh, yeah, he knew a bunch of stuff, so that sort of implies that there's even a bunch more stuff he knows. Um, so it's sort of like conspicuous. he's being conspicuously stupid, Although that sort of, having said that, that kind of fits with the way Harry is conspicuously stupid about Quirrell. Like there's this big sort of like field of stupidity around thinking about Quirrell that people will just overlook the glaringly obvious. Um, which sort of explains like, that, that kind of explains a lot of behavior around there's a lot of times we're like, how are you able to get away with that Quirrell? So he's just well, we got this sort of like Jedi, he's got a, a field of Jedi mind trick floating around him constantly.
0: Man, that'd be handy but mm-hmm. i wouldn't put it past all this magic shenanigans sh- chicanery right chicanery. um <laughs> so he dumbledore says that like he, he's blaming whatever this shot caller is that says no he said i had to keep this this mysterious object here and then he says no i can't pass the blame to him he's right there's too much power in that thing too much that men desire it's the one ring right um (laughs) he says that i agreed the trap should be laid behind the wards of hogwarts in the place of my own power i knew that Voldemort would worm his way here somehow and i'd planned to trap him i did not think i did not dream that he would tarry in an enemy fortress for one minute longer than he must dumbledore man i would read he was very dumbledore speak these two chapters um
1: so, yeah. You don't have
0: any wild speculation on this mysterious device or the mysterious shock collar.
1: Oh, I mean, uh, shock? What, yeah. So, I, so shock collar like didn't like what are we talking? Because to me it was just this like it's this super non-specific something something is somewhere in Hogwarts and it's something something that Voldemort needs in order to um, resurrect himself. But uh, other than that, in mean, my recollection, like it was very non-specific beyond that. It was what the non-specific. Hell is, I know so well okay let's think about it. if if like we're going with the original it would have been one of the um uh, one of the deathly hollows but he knows about the invisibility cloak what was the one so when they in when they were first in Mary's room um Harry tells him was it just that Harry tells him about the circle triangle the resurrection line stone symbol
0: yeah he tells him about the symbol and i think they talked about how they no one's seen the resurrection stone in centuries or oh, something the resurrection stone
1: yeah so I guess that so uh, and that came from Flamel, um, but I don't know, like. Uh, did Flamel? I'm remembering. He... I think what
0: the Resurrection Stone didn't come from Flamel.
1: No, uh, well, no. Is it because it's the philosopher, the Sorcerer's Stone slash Philosopher's Stone? Isn't that the? Isn't that what it is? I thought there was from
0: those are, that that Flamel. did. You said the Resurrection Stone.
1: Oh, are they not? Well, so I'm, it, in my head, those are the same thing.
0: There's a lot of different magic rocks. There's uh, at least two. Uh, Actually, I think my most downvoted comment on Reddit was me mistaking that when I was replying to a comment. Um, Fuck this: Like Yeah. Well, I don't care. It was <laughs> like, I, like, I give a shit about Reddit karma. But um, yeah, the, the Philosopher's Stone is the MacGuffin from the first book, and the Resurrection Stone is one of the Deathly Hallows, which weren't invented until Rowling sat down to write the, sixth, or the seventh book. Uh,
1: see, that's news to me. Like, if you had asked me, so what was the Philosopher's Stone? Because wasn't it the thing that brings people back to life?
0: That's the, th- I mean... Uh, not the Resurrection
1: Stone, but like, what, what is, if the Philosopher's Stone is not the Resurrection Stone, then what is it?
0: The Philosopher's Stone, according to all the legends that it's in, which for me include the um, Philmetal Alchemist and this, uh, <laughs> the, the Philosopher's Stone is the thing that grants eternal life and turns metal into
1: gold. But it's the grants eternal life is the sort of key feature. So how is yeah. that different than the Resurrection Stone? The Resurrection the Stone
0: in the canon books, like so, so the Philosopher's Stone is a thing that has a long history in. Well, it's gonna say in the real world, <laughs> the seeking for the Philosopher's Stone has a long history in the real world. Um, the Resurrection Stone is made up as part of the Deathly Hallow trio, and that one just like summons a dead person. Oh, it doesn't uh, like
1: cause. It doesn't give infinite life. Not. I mean, that's kind of a not as guy. the name. The name like doesn't imply died, that. It? No. You die and then resurrect yourself, or does it just resurrect? Does it resurrect you as an old person? How does that work? That would suck. Uh, that's, well, it it seems like they're pretty like close. So in my in my head, they'd always been the same thing. Um, especially well, you know, in the original books, like it's very they're very sort of like hand wavy about what the thing actually does because we never actually get to see it used.
0: So, yeah, you uh, never really care about either yeah. of them because they're both just they're they are almost literally MacGuffins for the real book or the canon book. Yeah. All right, we got a barrel on. We're about a third of the way through the first chapter, and we've got an hour deep. So, All right.
1: um, see, so. see, just, 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 so
0: I can—I was going to point this out, you know, in the the comments next week, but I'll forget or miss on Discord or whatever. This is what happens when I push back on every point: is we make no progress in the story. <laughs> so, it's uh, if, if I if I'm laying over in submission too often, it's not because I don't I care; don't... it's because I have. Uh, I mean, what time did it sit down at my desk today? 7.30? It's now 8.21. Yeah. So I've been here for 13 hours minus lunch. So um, and yeah, we got I, a couple more. So the, let's uh, rock per- on.
1: The, the purpose of this podcast was not to get Brian to come around to the right way of thinking. So
0: that was always the real purpose.
1: Yes. Our movement cannot survive without a failed me. endeavor. Um, yeah. So well, okay. So speaking, so what we so Harry's like, oh my god, we gotta do something. And I'm going to start my own investigation. That kind of falls flat uh, towards the end of the chapter. But one of his first things is, so he drops, I didn't pull the quote, but he drops a sort of mysterious thing about like, oh, me and Quirrell are going to investigate a thing and I'm not going to tell you fuckers. Um, But then the thing that he then does own up to is like, oh, by the way, I was getting um, these notes from Santa Claus and that seems sketchy. So I'm going to go look into that. Um, and was it like so? Then in front of Harry, I think McGonagall says like, "Oh, was that you?" And Dumbledore denies it. Right? Was that McGonagall uh, that
0: asked? Other way around. So um, Harry had left. So like, here, here's the, the no. there's after, I but
1: I think while Harry is there, unless I'm remembering wrong, but I think Dumbledore denies it to Harry's face. And what was interesting to me about that it was that it was a straight up lie. Like, not hedged at all. It was a McGonagall
0: doesn't ask, uh, were those from you in front of Harry? Dumbledore just doesn't volunteer. Like, by the way, Harry, those were me. Um, So Dumbledore lies lies by omission while Harry's in the room. And then when McGonagall McGonagall asks him straight up, he says, yeah, it
1: was me. Yeah, he says, see, I, I was remembering it as, like, somehow he was, like, confronted is too strong a word. But that he was sort of prompted in a way that he had to either in front of Harry give an up or down indication of whether or not it was him and that he's just straight up says, no, it wasn't me, but I just that a false memory.
0: Might've been (laughs) Uh, speaking of false memories. I got one. This was another, it must be a Britishism that was updated or something. Maybe solicitor is British for lawyer. Um, because in the audio book, uh, so Snape says here, she is correct. Mr. Potter, few court proceedings in this country involve solicitors in the audiobook, it's few, country, few Processes in This Country Involve Lawyers. Hmm. And yes. I know that because I listened to that Solicitors today. and
1: barristers. Although well, I think there's a technical difference.
0: Uh, we've got a lawyer friend we'll have to, to uh, pull on this. Is uh, that the lawyer
1: attorney bifurcation.
0: Right. All, right. All right. Speaking of lawyer questions, then we'll move on. Why is it attorney at law? Are there attorneys at other things? Attorney at, at medicine? no attorney at McDonald's attorney at the corner of <laughs> <5th and> 16th
1: <laughs> attorney at large attorney at large is my favorite <laughs> all right um all right I was trying to like find that scene but you I can't find it because happen. it's not there all right unless it's possible that that was also
0: rewritten maybe I'm doing myself a disservice by only listening to the audiobook because the true text is on the page now and it is apparently a lightly updated draft so um
1: yeah, I thought was a, you told me there was, like, something, like, very, like, a just a alteration of phrase. I thought that was interesting that so far after the fact, he was making very, they weren't, like, plot significant changes. They were just, like, a way to, you know, change phrasing on a particular thing. I thought it was interesting that he was going back and doing that kind of editing. It's entirely so possible those
0: edits occurred shortly after they were written. Like, the yeah. audiobook for a while was keeping, not exactly keeping pace, but was closing the gap. Um mm. So it, I think probably most of the edits were done before the book was finished, but since the book finished f- four years ago, um, it, wait, geez, five, uh, I can check my spreadsheet, but yeah, four or five years ago, I imagine all the edits were done by that time. And the audiobook was done at that time as well. So, um, anyway, yeah, it's not like he's coming mm. back, you know, like a month ago and, and change this up. I don't think. Yeah. In any case, we got to keep rolling because I want to have steam left for the next chapter. <laughs> so, yeah, as far as I know, um, there's the, uh, well, there's a couple other things that happen on the way to when Harry leaves to go conduct his own investigations, and one of them is saying, "Hey, look, can we uh, use that time that Draco black or that Draco tortured me as uh, as like leverage to make this all go away?" and uh um, nope. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not a thing. And then there's this moment where he, Dumbledore hesitates, and he says, Harry, whatever you've done with Draco, you must assume that Lucius Malfoy will soon know of it. And Harry's head sinks into his hands, and he says, he'll give Draco Veritaserum. And then the, uh, Snape says, Draco really was trying to help Miss Granger. You, Potter, you actually turned him? I was about three quarters done, taught him the Patronus charm and everything. I don't know what'll happen now, though. Um... And then Dumbledore, of course, brings it all back home by saying, Voldemort has struck a grave blow against us this day. No, I should have seen it earlier. He's taken two of Harry's pieces with one move. And I just love everything Dumbledore says ever.
1: I like how he said, like, Dumbledore is already framing things as, like, you know, it's not his game anymore. Like, Harry's now the main, you know, the main player.
0: Yeah, good point. Um, There was the other thing I was going to mention here, but anyway... um, yeah, then so that's we get, Harry we, goes and we get the
1: thing, So And then Harry shows them, right? Was it already that they did it? But the, um and he brought it away. I don't know, because he's got everything in his pouch, but uh, uh tells them about the port key deck of cards that he got from, that no, he got that from Santa Claus, though, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we get, yeah. But he doesn't know that. And so he tells them, like, no, it doesn't really go to Salem. Coral told well, him. Well, he knows
0: that. he got it from Santa. He just doesn't know who Santa yeah. is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't really go to Salem. Coral told me it actually goes to London. And so, and Snape, still not knowing the full story, is like, okay, well, I will um, polyjuice myself into Harry and go and spring the trap in London. And so he goes and, I, and he goes and he gets a, he plucks a hair from, I guess Harry knew it was coming, but that also seemed kind of like, uh, he just like goes and takes it, um, but you know, gets a like, hair from Harry. And he, so he's, you know, getting ready, he's going to go and he's getting ready to like go through the flu network um oh wait he's, cause he said but he was just going to use the cards but so he gets the he does get the deck of cards from harry though right snape has got it yeah as, as the long scene as i'm ends, bringing my, my lawyers
0: there's happen. there's two things one he's got to go back to his office to get polyjuice oh, he's just right, grabbing the hair now yeah, yeah. and two you can't portkey in or out of hogwarts so he has to leave the wards uh, to portkey right.
1: yeah gotcha.
0: so that's when dumbledore says i will speak to you before you go then
1: uh, to, uh, because to he's to tell him, like hey never mind
0: yeah, don't waste your time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And so then, like after Harry leaves, they're all still there, and McGonagall's like, hey, uh, "Was that really you?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it was me." Um, and uh, and so then, so then they let Snape know that, like, yeah, that the the port key doesn't really go anywhere interesting. It Was just there so that like we could let Harry feel like he was rebelling, but not um and so he doesn't so snape doesn't even have to go because he's like it's just an empty apartment and so then and then later snape says like oh i went and it was just an empty apartment um
0: i also like that snape is so good at playing the person who doesn't know what's going on he looks mm -hmm. at dumbledore with narrowed eyes and he says and the notes to miss granger and dumbledore says the defense professor very likely still that is only a guess he's like i'll go look for him and then i'll start looking for you know who um I just like how Snape knows that he left the notes for Miss Granger.
1: Was and that so? Was that a flashback? No, no.
0: This is oh, okay. so. Dumbledore doesn't know that Snape was helping Hermione and the the Spew witches. Mm-hmm. So Snape is playing dumb and saying, "Oh, okay, you're the one who did the, <sighs> the Santa Claus months. notes. Uh, did you leave the notes for Miss Granger too?" And Snape knows that he didn't. Yeah. That, excuse me, knows that Dumbledore didn't do it. But I like just that he's. Uh, Flawlessly able just to acting, to ride the the middle down. there and yeah
1: yeah and then like underlying so much of this plot is the critical bit that Snape is a perfect Aquaman's because otherwise the shit don't work
0: yeah oh that was actually so there's two things about that one I doubt that Dumbledore makes a habit of reading his friends minds because I think at least uh Snape could tell if his mind rude. is being invaded and that would be kind of rude. Um, But the other thing is that uh, we were talking about, like, how obsessed everyone is with, like, oh, no, I made a promise or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, the existence of occupancy makes a propensity to tell the truth or, like, not to be outright lying more, uh, like, kind of a background norm, maybe, of wizard culture. Just, like, some food for thought. Why? Like, because people are around who might know if you're lying. So if you lie to their face, they'll be like, oh, they're lying to me. Well, yeah, except um, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, except I would think like because again, it's not like it's gonna like the distinction is artificial. Like if they can get in your mind, like the fact that you are you know not literally lying but bullshitting, I th- I don't think you know Legomolendancy cares. Like they're just gonna know. Like if somebody can get into your head to know, it's not like they they're reading you know a textual transcript of your thoughts. They're just gonna kind of be in your thoughts and gonna be like, oh no, you're full of shit. Like yeah, that was right, but like they're gonna know the thing that you're trying to avoid saying. Yeah, I guess we, have, we don't have a lot
0: of clarity in how occlumency works. Like, does it, you know, it, they, they talked about, like, surfaces when he was first getting his training. So, like, maybe yeah. lying is more stressing on your occlumency barriers in your head than, you know, skirting the truth. But what I was getting at is that it's more just about, like, developing norms of honesty because there are ways to detect the truth. Um, so, yeah, like, can, yeah. you know, so this way, like, them, like, if... Uh,
1: it seems like it gets at you, like, your idea of, like, what is, quote, the truth because, you know, being... Saying something that's technically correct but entirely misleading is not truth in any kind of meaningful sense.
0: But it's true enough that if someone asks you under veritas did you lie? You could say
1: no. Well, yeah, but they, now, they ask, it, they ask they you said very said, like, carefully. Did you say something question. intentionally misleading, and what was it?
0: Exactly. <laughs> so it's you know,
1: this is not it's not a hard game to be playing.
0: But um, maybe they're not uh, all playing the game that hard, right?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, it's more. It's, anyway. like, it's an explanation of like it's just sort of like the currency of being snarky online about a book you're reading <laughs>
0: but <laughs> so then we cut to uh oh, so um, double, actually snape, yeah snape says do you know any magics to find a soul headmaster and then we cut to divination where we get trelawney trelawney the <laughs> Troll- hell out of everybody I mean, and, I mean, if
1: it looked like anything it looked like smoke
0: <laughs> well so it's a it's a look it's a smoky room and then she's like the grim it's the
1: grim, the grim everything's the grim. death
0: the voice actress for her did like this like over the top like you just picture trelawny flailing her arms and it was delightful
1: um it would have been a good Trelawney deal scarier is thought is and George to if she hadn't said lockhart in real life say what oh uh, in real life yeah in real life they're married how cute yeah. um,
0: so anyway i just like how she's like it's the grim the grim like she was doing all the mm-hmm. time in the regular books and Fred and George are both like, this would have been a good deal scarier if she hadn't said exactly the same mm. thing to literally everyone else. I just sort of, like,
1: and like the way it's played up a little bit, like the whole cold reading vibe to it, like right. sort of anything she says is kind of half true.
0: Well, oh yeah, so here's here's the, the shitty psychic part of it. And soon, yes, it shall be quite soon, I think. Unless, of course, it is it's later. later. <laughs> it is later. Is somebody... You, you will have some misfortune either yes. soon or in the future. <laughs> Now, and so then, boom! The
1: trap door opens, and Dumbledore just like I got the I, I got this like weird the uh, the Gary Oldman Dracula like Dumbledore just sort of like floats into the room like up through the trap door, uh, right? And he's oh. like Weasley twins, gum,
0: right? Um, he's badass, and he knows how to make an entrance. I did want to rewind a sec because I forgot to hit this note. Um, so Dumbledore was Santa Claus the whole time, and I pulled out part of the note that he wrote to Harry.
1: Yeah, because um, he talks shit about Dumbledore. Which yeah, I thought so, and maybe that's what, what like, cause sort of prime me. I liked the just like uh, the very, you know, again, like and that kind of what brought me into this whole like technically lying thing. Like that's just sort of like overtly bullshit. Uh, so sort of, I sort of like that. And then that made me also think like um, if Quarrel being the, the Sith Kermit that Zabini, the first time we see him is with Zabini, that he had just talked with him and then went in like that was again like a very explicitly misleading not hedged at all but kind of like this is completely wrong information to be given that well, it couldn't you know sith kermit can't be quarrel because he just left quarrel and santa claus can't be dumbledore because santa claus was talking shit about dumbledore so i kind of like that because it was like a good like not subtle
0: i'll be honest it was subtle enough that 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 part of it was subtle enough to fly under my radar but that's why i have a Literary expert here, helping. Um, Which part about
1: him talking shit about about claus Talking like, shit about Dumbledore.
0: Well, no, no, that part I got, but I had other things to read from that. It was more the the parallel with uh, Sith Kermit um, that you just made. Oh yeah. The, the part that I liked about it was that so like when Harry gets there and Harry and Dumbledore asks, "Can I see the cloak?" and then he's kind. Of, I, if you if you recall, Dumbledore is like, "Oh, you you can say no, like it's fine." Mm. And he's like, "Oh, well." Then, you know, I don't want to make you feel bad, of course. And I part of me like I get this suspicion that it's like a three D chess move. And it's like I'll yeah. make him distrust Dumbledore, says Dumbledore, and then mm-hmm. it'll like I'll earn his trust over this this,
1: this note. Oh section. yeah, I forgot about that that there was that whole like tension around like yeah, Harry doesn't know if he can trust Dumbledore because Santa Claus said he shouldn't trust Dumbledore. I forgot about yeah, especially
0: cool. when it just came to handling the cloak the first time he yeah. meets him.
1: And Which he tried. had just given to him.
0: Yeah, the note could have said "Dumbledore, super trustworthy. Don't sweat it." LOL, but <laughs> instead he, he he went for this other approach. Yeah, yeah. All right. So then, yeah. Double that R- actually
2: that
1: that kind of fits with like the idea, like him like doing the opposite as a way like what he did with Hermione, like trying to talk her out of being a hero in order to make her be a hero. Um,
0: <laughs> he can't just like be straight with people. Yeah. He oh, he's in the trap.
1: The trapdoor flew open with a bang that
0: caused Professor Trelawney to shriek and spill Georgia's tea all over his robes. And then, an instant later, Dumbledore was whooshing up out of the floor with a bird of fire upon his shoulder.
1: And uh, yeah, I just got the George total image Weasley. of him, like him, him just sort of floating. There's something about that made it like more powerful. He just sort of like levitated up the trapdoor.
0: Boom. He didn't just levitate; he whooshed. He whooshed. Yeah, that's like fast levitating. <laughs> so, um, I do like this a lot. Uh, he just he pulls them out of class like into the hallway and then immediately like a quieting charm goes up and he says give me the map and there's none of this like mm-hmm. again none of this nicety because time is around. of the essence and well and he also like, like he
1: puts like not enough just like an overbearing so like, give me a map hermione's in trouble so well, he's so that, like cutting next to it he's sentence. like yeah
0: yeah because they're like at first that's what i, I want to bring that up because i love that beat the, for the at first they're like map uh we we don't know what you're talking about, and then he says Hermione Granger is in trouble, and they're like the map is in our dorm. Give like, us yeah. just a second, we'll grab it. I like that because was so sort of,
1: Yeah, it was like a way of like, okay, this is serious. It was instead of just him being overbearing and be like, I'm fucking end you if you don't give me the map right now. He like, <laughs> but it's still the like, oh, we we got to cut to it. like, we we can't fuck around. I need it now. So he just says he just like lays it to. Him. He's like Hermione's in trouble. I need it, uh, and that just like does Yes, yeah, so it was really well done.
0: And how they immediately pivot to giving up their most treasured mm-hmm. pranking artifact. Uh, when they learn that this will help Hermione, who's in danger. And they're like, I just put, they're truly good guys with a capital G. Yeah. They are, they are OG
1: good. OG good. Yeah. They, and they're, they're, like, they're a, like, they're good in the book. They were good in the movie. They're good here. They're, just, they're delightful. They rule. Um, they're like yeah. A, so, yeah. So he says that. So they're like, well, it's in our room. And so then I love this line. Says, the wizard's arms swept them up as if they were hugging pillows. There was a piercing cry and a flash of fire. And then the three of them were in the third year Gryffindor's boys dorm. So it was a lot like the scene when he was in Azkaban where he just looks like he's just this, like, ginormous god, all-powerful that can just do whatever the fuck he wants. And it's just that most of the time he's not... Um,
0: yeah, how strong is this guy? I don't know, like, picks how up tall two he is or boys. how tall... Like, the Weasleys are supposed to be tall. Mm-hmm. But he picks up two 14-ish-year-old Weasleys, mm-hmm. like, their pillows and just goes, you it's know, flying him. off. Yeah, he's badass. That's, cool.
1: That's sort of like, a, like what we see later. It's kind of like the... the flip side to the way quarrel acts with the aura, where it's just sort of like you know he's casual he's just sort of casually powerful he doesn't like do it most of the time and then just every once in a while without thinking much he just does something that's like oh my lord
0: i wonder um, if dumbledore can just punch through concrete <laughs> is he like is he like neo from the matrix strong
1: yeah. <laughs> Is he Maybe. like dumbledore just like wizard robes doing like the bendy backwards bullet dodge thing
0: that's what I want to Ooh. see the final showdown where he's so see Ian, Ian McKellen, Voldort, and, like, like they, dodging They bullets. throw down their wands, and they're like, let's settle this, like, muggles, and they just go into a badass fist fight. Yes. Although Dumbledore's beard would be
1: an easy target. Oh, right, I, to just, grab I just I just turned Dumbledore into Candle, I just called him Ian McKellen. Oh, well. Right. Magneto And dodge- oh, Never mind. Um, Magneto could stop the bullets.
0: Oh, yeah, good point. All right, so speaking of Dumbledore being uh, super strong, i mean. Oh, yeah, so yeah, they second. say, like, oh,
1: you have to say, I solemnly swear. I'm up to no good. And Dumbledore says, I would prefer not to lie. Or I choose not to lie. I can't remember.
0: But I decline to lie. I decline to lie. That was it.
1: Um, and so, Hear me,
0: Hogwarts. Delegator pro die. I think is how you say that. Yes, And, the, and yeah, then he's so, got the sorting hat. Yeah, and then the Oh, yeah. And then the wheezy is right.
1: like, okay, we got to remember that. Just in case that would work for us later.
0: I, just, I like how it says, it looked, looked scarily right upon his head. As the Dumbledore had always been waiting for a patchwork pointed hat to complete <laughs> his existence.
1: Does it have like a, does is the description here that it's got like the whole like mouthy face thing going on like in the movie? Because I, I would never, look like extra silly.
0: Yeah, I never pictured that in the movie. I just pictured a patchwork hat that yeah. didn't have a mouth. Yeah, the, yeah. in the book
1: it didn't seem like that way either. But yeah, the movie made it more yeah. muppety. It
0: made it this terrible face. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, instead he pulls out this, I don't know what, magic stick that is not the same thing as a magic wand. Um, oh yeah. And he starts drawing on the map instead. And I liked your phrasing. He said, Double Door flexes on the map. <laughs> and I said he can flex like John Cena, which now ties in perfectly to him being able to carry two 14-year-olds yes. like their pillows. Yes. Yeah. So then,
1: tri- then he like, and again, like it's sort of like a way to like show that shit is serious. He's just, what is he? He just says like leave or like go. He just dismisses the Weasley twins.
0: I will return this to you later. Sons of Weasley. So go back to class. Back to
1: class, yes. And then yeah, then after they're gone, then this little mini scene cuts with him. He uh, says, "Show me Tom Riddle," which is now have we heard the name Tom Riddle in the in the story yet? Like everybody, we all know who Tom Riddle is because this is fan fiction. But has has that name been dropped yet? Because I can't.
0: If we're coming into this dry, I don't well, I think, think so. But yeah, as a one store, of one like, of our <laughs> expert scholars can correct me on that. I don't <laughs> think we've had that. Well, I mean that because An like H.P. Morologist. You know, yeah, I mean I I. It's funny, like I used to think I was one of those, then I'm finding people who just have this whole book perfectly memorized rather than mostly memorized, like me. Um, and then, you know, like I said, it's hard to conflate what we already knew and didn't. I don't think we know the name Tom Riddle. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I
1: can't remember, but because we, yeah. yeah, and that's at the and that's kind of what's sort of confusing, like in the book is written, knowing that we know so much of this background, so you forget, like, what is it that we have or have not been told. Well, I think the author. I mean, well, we, wrote this, we don't get to see, like, what does he see when he. You know, he says, "Show me Tom Riddle," and we don't get to know like what he was shown.
0: Yeah, we get a fucking line break, but I, I so like as far as what we're supposed to know going in, the author at the top of the book somewhere says like, "This works best if you've read the books, but if you haven't, the first book will suffice, or at least the first movie." Yeah. um Although I don't know if we get Tom Riddle's name dropped in the first movie or not.
1: But- yeah, I know, Yeah, and that's like, and that's like kind of the cool flexibility that. That you get with fan fiction is that you can just like you're not it's not married to it like coral doesn't have a voldemort on the back of his head but you can also just sort of draw on the assumption like everybody at least knows what the baseline you're drawing from you're not married you're not committed to doing it but you can if you need to just sort of like quickly with a you know broad brush paint in a whole bunch of background to something you can just refer to the something from the original and you sort of inherit a whole bunch of story with it so, because like if yeah. this, this, this had been its like standalone thing, we have been like Tom Riddle. Who the fuck is that? Like, but
0: yeah, it's like we talked about at the top of the book, like when we started the show out, that you get to skip a lot of the like. Yeah. Let's let's put every piece in place. You know, yeah. at gratuitous length first. Yeah. So we get a line cut, which is annoying, but we get cut to a really fun scene yes. at the precinct where the interrogation room, and it's funny because like it's lit by this like yeah sourceless silver light that they can't dispel and professor had slightly surrendered his wand so like oh no well i don't know where it's coming from and the light is set up to up. like
1: fuck with the person being interrogated so like you can't see the person interrogating you but you're but you are aware that you are you know under particular scrutiny and you you yourself are particularly well lit so it's this like it's already set up as this like dominance flex like oh you're you're in the you're being interrogated by the cops and you are powerless before us. Oh, so, see, yeah. I got
0: the the light the light thing. I got as Quirrell was doing that, and they tried well, yeah, to no, spell
1: but, it. Well, no, well, no, because I think it was described that like it first describes like the way the light's supposed to work where the interrogator wouldn't be very well lit so you couldn't see him and you would be lit up. And there was also that, like, and you don't get a good sense of where it's coming from. Like, at least for me, like, the read was very much like this light totally works as a way to dominate the person being interrogated. And then that's, like, worked really well for, okay, we get to hear that, like, Quirrell very, like, nonchalantly. He's like, sure, you can on my my wand and then walks in and none of that shit works on him.
0: Oh, it's it keeps his eyes in darkness and they're trying to dispel that yeah. effect. I'll be honest, I went into it the other reading that he was doing the same sourceless light that he did when he and Harry mm-hmm. were in the warehouse after Azkaban. Yeah. I read it that way, Yeah, we but get it, yeah, way it we works get that too, same vibe. Where they've got this scary light and it's not lighting up his eyes. And they're like, why isn't it doing that? Magic, yeah. magic, magic. And nothing is working. Yeah,
1: because yeah. he's just sort of like going in like just without... He doesn't, he doesn't have to say anything out loud. He doesn't have his wand, but just the shit doesn't work on him. And then that works. Like, and so um, I think like we get halfway through before. So this is Scrimgeour who... Is pretty lame, intentionally lame here, uh, but I think it was a lot more sort of menacing in the originals. But
0: he seems pretty menacing. Oh, you know what? My, I guess he's kind of like, he's kind of like I can't put it in your head. But if you listen to the audiobook, the voice act, you know this this is a couple of chapters that lend itself really well to the audiobook, mm-hmm. even if you don't like uh, if you can't handle can't. Inyash reading in your ear. Um...
1: <laughs> it's not the original source.
0: It's uh, no, no, but I mean, the, the th- there's enough uh, variety of cast <laughs> that the, the Scrimjaour voice in the, the audiobook is serious and like foreboding the whole time. So I I able, see
1: the, no, see that wouldn't have see, I think that would have like taken away from it for me because I liked how it sort of like it was a failure on the part of Sccrimjawer to be menacing. And that was like how it worked. Like, like this, so. There's this whole like the room is even set up and the lighting to, as like this dominance play, which totally doesn't work. And then Scrimjower is like trying to fuck with. It. So he asks him like Scrimshawer. Like it starts out with like Oh, I see you traveled here and there and blah blah blah. And Scrimshawer tricks him into saying like Oh, you went to Farika something something someplace in Japan. He's like Sure. And he's like Aha! You were never in blah 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 Japan. Um, and so Coral's been caught. And uh, so I I liked how. Like he was, it was a failure of his like, you know, dominant, you know, trying to be super intimidating thing. Uh, so I don't think it would have worked for him to, for him to be like super, like menacing. Like so, it works for me as like part of the story because it kind of helped sort of emphasize Quarles' like casual omnipotence that this guy tried and failed to, you know, pull the usual cop shit on on Quirrell and like try to intimidate him. Although it did start out like the I and that was my initial thing is like because Quirrell's always so like kind of infallible that Scrimmy Dower does like fool him, like does trick him into admitting or uh, into into lying about having Bendu um for some city that starts with F in, it's probably a reference to something, I imagine. Um, someone tell me Fuyuki City is the, a real place. Fiyuki, yeah I'm sure it's well, it's I probably, like, it's probably a fake place from a story, that would be my guess.
0: That sounds legit. Yeah. Um, it could also be a real place from a fake story. <laughs> no, I mean like I write you know. fake stories. No, no, I mean it could it could be a, uh, a a real city, but also a popular setting in some some corner of nerddom. No,
1: it's a, it's a real city that has never appeared in a story that doesn't exist. That makes sense. Yes, or it does appear, Anyway, and, um, so he gets
0: quelled to trip himself up on saying, "Well, what were you doing in Fuyuki City? Oh, you know, nothing really no, interesting. No, no. Why? And really, I find that interesting. How so?" Because there is no visa listed for Fuyuki City. Ha ha! You know, I slammed the folder shut. I got you. You're not querying a squirrel. Who the hell are you?
1: Yeah, and I thought, so we'll cut. why don't we like treat it? So we do cut to another, or how quick is that other scene?
0: Let's stick It's with, like a sentence. Yeah. Snape sneaks into oh, yeah, it's uh, the Ravenclaw. So then we get a line cut. Snape breaks into the Ravenclaw Girls' dorm and finds Hermione's bed because it was the one that had been attacked by a book monster. monster. <laughs> I put a little heart in the notes because I love Hermione. And he finds the uh, the notes that he wrote, like in her trunk or something, and then signed only with an elaborate S. And then a brief burst of fire later, and the papers were gone. And he left to report the failure of his mission.
1: Yeah, I, like when I read that, I'd been like it had been such a jumble of who's leaving notes to who that I had actually forgotten that we had figured out that it was Snape that was giving the notes, and so Snape burning them i'm like what the hell's going on here like that was a big question mark in my head like what was the motivation behind like does that mean he's working for somebody or so even we still we have no harry idea though like, why he why he wants to hide this so
0: it's not clear why he wants to hide it yeah. but it is fun that even harry was like what you think there's two different people running <laughs> around hiding notes under pillows maybe. maybe and so yeah if it's hard to keep track of that's because it is a uh, a funny system by which to communicate with people <laughs>
1: So then we it. this is like an example of like the good sort of television way of of the storytelling of it. So we cut back. And it's very like even the, the line breaks, because most books don't have these sort of like, because it's a literal like dashes in a line. Um, cut back and forth is a, like totally mimics the way in like a uh, television. It would just be like a fade to black and then a reopen in, in another scene, which is why I wrote in the notes, meanwhile, back at the station. Um, <laughs> and so that we'd like cut immediately back into the scene we were just in. And I think it, like, directly starts out with um, Quirrell saying, if you consult Headmaster Dumbledore, said the defense professor, you'll find that he is a w- well aware of this matter and that I agreed to teach this defense class on the explicit condition that no inquiry be, be made into my... And then gets interrupted. Um, so is it just, I, I, I like that So like Quirrell's not terribly concerned that he's just been outed as not being actually Quirrell. Um,
0: yeah, he seems fine with it. Yeah.
1: And then, so and Scrimgeour sort of like in his uh, even more like ah uh-huh, uh, what is it polyfluous something something reverso reverso it's yeah. clever yeah um, and and he's like springing at it he thinks he's being like super sneaky like he's gonna quick before he suspects a polyfluous reverso because like, he thinks that that Quirrell's um, polyjuicing himself. And which I get, and so and then what we hear, which is the super flex that Coral just sort of like sneezes at the same moment, and the sneeze like just deflects the spell that was cast directly at him, and then and then Coral like purposely does a an intentionally bad job of pretending that it was a coincidence, as like even more of a flex. <laughs> like there's that sort of like like I'm like, like worse than just not pretending that there's nothing wrong. is doing an intentionally bad. Job of pretending that there's nothing wrong. Just um,
0: excuse me," yeah. said the defense professor. The defense professor said lightly mm-hmm. or politely, "Yeah, I know. or pardon me, rather." Yeah. And then I like this where, yeah, where he's like you said, just flexing hard. Yeah. So where's the real quirk in this eh? Got an imperious Got him? Got an Imperius in the bottom of your trunk somewhere, or under an imperious rather? While you take a hair now and then for illegal polyjuice, you're making highly questionable assumptions. What makes you think I did not steal his, out, his <laughs> body outright using incredibly dark magic? Incredibly
1: dark. I like this. I, yeah, that's sort of. I light. suggest that probably you take this kind of like that kind of thing is not too far from what he would do. But
0: well, that's also the plot of the fourth Harry Potter book, mm. where that's they've right. got a uh, yeah what party? Crouch, Crouch Jr. Yes, yeah. Got or, David Tennant. No, it was the Jr. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then so I like just this whole thing. I suggest, the R said, that you take this seriously, Mr. Whoever-you-are. I'm sorry, the def- said the defense professor, leaning back in his chair, but I see little reason to humble myself on this particular occasion. What are you going to do, kill me? <laughs> I don't That's appreciate your humor. How unfortunate for you, Rufus, scrimmed you are. Scrim- you have my deepest
1: sympathies. I want to say, like, I this doesn't seem right, but I had this... I think it was, like, implied and intentionally not defined in the originals that scrim jar was possibly a vampire which sounds wrong but that's what's floating around in the back of my head that there was some kind of like like mysterious super threatening like extreme power from scrim Jarrow and we just don't quite know what it is and like that's at least for me my read of this was like it was like it worked as a like conspicuously it's not that like oh no he's just this lame middle management cop um who like tried to flex at Quirrell, and Quarl wasn't even like going to be bothered to react to it. None of
0: the vampireness rings a bell for me. In fact, that it, seems I just wrong this when I say it. But there was I some was... like
1: some sort of like like menacing thing about Scrim He was definitely like a person of more significance.
0: I don't actually remember who he is now because I just now realized that I've been conflating him and Kingsley Shacklebolt this whole time. Yeah, that. no,
1: no, no, because I, I want to like sc- there was something like sh- like you didn't quite like Scrim um,
0: I will. I'll look it up. But I I wanted to mention really quick, too, that this whole Professor quarrel vibe, like, just screams Hannibal Lecter to me, this (laughs) interaction here.
1: It did maybe like, because you you were using, again, I heard before, describing this as competence porn. Like, this was sort of the very pure version of it. Like, he's so not at all threatened that he doesn't even, you know, he's not even bothering to act threatened.
0: Yeah, which, you'd think this is a fairly, like, serious business, but he's super chill about it, so... Um, this is where we then get the line cut back to lunch at Hogwarts Oh wait, sorry, let was me that, uh, th- Was it lunch?
1: I thought they were just kind of hanging out in the dorms kind of uh,
0: Lunch Somewhere um, Harry, Harry says that like, I was going to come have lunch before going to go continue my investigation stuff And you guys are all being dicks But I found this really quick So um, let's see The quote at the top of the, the Harry Potter lexicon Rufus is a man of action And having fought dark wizards most of his working life Does not underestimate Lord Voldemort that's apparently from Half Blood Prince, Chapter Four. Rufus Grimgore was the head of the Or Office of the Ministry of Magic when he was tapped to replace. Oh, yeah, to replace Cornelius Fudge as Minister of Magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he is Minister of Magic. Yeah, okay. yeah. He, was oh, he takes pro- over after. There was also was something like or was after he after-
1: was he empirist? Maybe that was it. There's something sinister about him. I don't remember. And I, like, it sounds like but like something like, and also possibly having some sort of power that we don't understand. That's where like, the vampire vibe got dropped in my head. But
0: um, A quick skim of this. I don't want to pause to read the whole I really, thing. He's but almost not, definitely not a vampire. See, but, I don't see the word vampire. Yeah, I don't think he's a vampire. All I see is that apparently Scrimgore was killed and reports indicate that he died under torture, refusing to reveal where Harry was. Um, he was described as having a... Leonine air about him. Leonine. His tawny hair had gray streaks in it, and he wore white, white wire-rimmed spectacles, and walked with a limp.
1: Yeah, so, I think, and I think I'm maybe confusing him. I think he also like tried to get kind of get, get Harry to participate in basically propaganda, and Harry wasn't having it. And maybe that may be a different character. I think that was it. Though, like he showed up at the Weasley's house and something, he was like, "Hey, can you help us out?" And Harry's like, "No, fuck you."
0: Oh, he was played by Bill Nighy in the movies.
1: By Bill Nye,
0: Nye Nye oh Nighy, Nighy. not not
1: Bill Nye the science guy,
0: not the science. I'm <laughs> like I think I would have remember that the the, uh, the, t- the tentacle guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh oh yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah, yeah. he's in a lot, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I don't know if any of these are vampire movies, but we're getting too far afield. So <laughs> although granted I don't know. How Let's talk about vampire movies. Yeah. He's been in 149 movies. I bet he has a vampire wow. in one of them. That's probably where you're getting that. So
1: no you no know, actually most of the whatever I'm half remembering I'm remembering from the books, but yeah. And I guess it was like, it was always like sort of like vaguely implied. Like that was part of what tried to make it sound more sinister was that they weren't going to tell you everything about it. But anyway, someone let us know. Yes. So So, back at school, uh, Harry gets, Harry's like pissed off that like, there's just like rampant rumor milling going on about what's happening. And it sort of, it's like the impression I got is it's pissing him off because it's sort of like trivializing what's happening to his friends.
0: Well, and and they're making the, like the worst insinuations. Like, yeah. reading between the lines here, like, so what is it? One of the students yells, "I I bet Malfoy tried to do things to her." Do, do, do as in italics. Yeah. So it's like, I bet Malfoy tried to rape her, and that's why Hermione murdered him. And it's like, okay, you're calling my two actual only friends a yeah. rapist and a murderer. Like, of course I'm gonna yell at you, stupid fucks. That's that's why I'm super patient with Harry giving them the intellectualist beatdown here. <laughs> But I, I do see what you're saying about how, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, I think, we, yeah, we
1: kind of talked about... It. Yeah, again, it's good. And then what you said in the notes is like, well, what's act- what's wrong with what he said? It's like, well, nothing. Um, you're not Your wrong. From the yeah. Lebasis, <laughs> I didn't... Yeah, purposely, I, I got the the picture of the dude saying, you're not wrong, Walter, you're just an asshole. But I don't actually... Have, I just have the picture of him. There's no words to it. Just so you can
0: like... I, I recall the scene
1: you're not wrong, Walter, you're just an asshole, which that's the, the kind of recurring theme, and, like, and what, like, then makes it frustrating is because, like, sure, if we're going to argue on the content, yes, he's technically correct, um, and that's, like, the big disconnect is that the, um, so, yeah, he's saying a thing that is true, but, like, why at the moment, and the, like, what is the outcome, um, and, and at least, like, for me, it then sort of, like, robs the, like sympathy that I want to feel for him is like, uh, you know, you didn't have to be a dick about it. Um,
0: I think what he does is like we've talked about before and granted it's like, it comes off as, as dickishness sometimes. Um, It it certainly might come off that way, but it's like he retreats into his intellectualism when he's under duress. Right. And so he's basically, he says, look, you guys like, just shut up she was false memory charmed how is that not bloody obvious and then someone yells back at him what you think we we'll believe that that's what everyone says i didn't do it it was a false memory charm you think we're stupid and so then this is where he's like okay you think that i think you're stupid let me lay out allow like, me to stupid. mansplain you, it to you yeah so he, <laughs> he lays out and it, well actually he, he doesn't call them stupid he just says look i get it like someone saying i was framed was is like and if you believe that, that's a like a dumb thing to believe. So it seems low status. If he's, if he's oh, generating yeah, Quirrell-like intellectualism, um, that is the terminology Quirrell might use, right? Mm-hmm. Quirrell being Robin Hansen. Uh, <laughs> so uh, like the, um, he says, look, you guys pattern match uh, that, that excuse with like low status explanations and so, believing the hypothesis like that feels like it's a dumb thing to believe, not because it's actually dumb, but because it—you know—it's a quote low-status belief because that's, believing it's it make you- I think
1: that's what made this stick out was that the two, you guys have groupthink buzzwords, and two of them are <laughs> two of the many pattern matching and stat. Some uh, this is a, a new one to me. Something about status that one sticks out to me is like th- this is a weirdly specific fascination in rationality this is- people. Um, well,
0: I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, lump all, all rationalists into people who care my, about that exact sort of thing. What this is, is um, more akin to, or more more indication of uh, Robin Hanson's field of, of specialization is that a in thing? economics. Well, I guess he Specifically has, status? Because it's
1: a very specific and oddly, like, at least to me, like, feels an out of place thing to be attributing, like, motivations to.
0: Uh, signaling theory is if from a Hansonian lens is an explanation of like almost all human behavior, if not literally all of it. And so, um, it, a digest on signaling would be a bit of a, of a digression, but like the short, eh, I can't summarize it in less than three minutes. I should be able <laughs> to, but the, the short, short version is that like you say drive an expensive car. And you don't do it because it gets you to work faster because you're going the speed limit like everyone else and you're stuck in traffic like everyone else. You're doing it because it's a high status object to own.
1: Yeah, no, and I think sig- I get it. You're
0: signaling yeah. to everybody, I have enough wealth that I can waste it on a stupid car like this. And so... Um, sort of like
1: as an outsider, my impression, because I think other, I've, like, like that word, I'm like, oh, that word again. That like my impression of it is, yeah, I see what you're saying. And not you, but like when... Like, I I hear the point and just sort of my my just low level takeaway from it is, wow, that seems like that's a really big deal to you. And you think it's a really big deal to most people. And I don't think it is, at least for me. I'm like, that doesn't ping for me at all. Like, I don't like I mean, I guess not at all. Like, so everybody does a little bit, but like that is not a major driving force in what I do. Like, I just don't give a shit. It's not like, oh, I'm better than that. It's just like, fuck, I don't have time for that shit. So it like, no. struck me as like, oh, this is a weirdly specific like brought in by that culture that's been sort of inflated, not artificially, but like specific to this, you know, this environment, this whole kind of constellation of, of philosophy and thinking that this thing has been sort of elevated. I think what at least to me feels like more so than than most people or in, it's just in most contexts that I hear about it, it's like, wow, this is what, having a way bigger emphasis than I think really is generally true.
0: I think, uh, well, so there's two things. One, Professor Quirrell was based on Robin Hanson. So if he's going to talk mm. status, it's going to be Professor Quirrell. Well, but but it's Harry talking
1: about it right here. That well, he, sa- for
0: you. he says Professor Quirrell isn't here to explain to me, but I to, yeah. to explain to me how dumb people are, but this time I bet I can get it on my own. So he's trying to Quirrell think his way through this. Yeah. So that's why he's using terms like uh, low status and all that stuff. The other thing with, with signaling is that it is, uh, it's not necessarily that uh, well, it is important to Hansen because he's built a body of work on it, but it's also, I think, to him, an under-recognized gigantic factor, and not just to him, but uh, like sc- signaling theory is accepted among like economists. Yeah. Um, so, like, this isn't just like a a crackpot Hansonian theory. Um, and when people are inclined to think, well, no, that doesn't describe me, uh, it it usually does. Like, really, no one, but, yeah, no action is above this what the fun, I'll, I'll leave you with a book, book recommendation, which is The Elephant in the Brain, uh, which was, uh, I think, Hanson's most recent book. And it's specifically on this. <laughs> like, most things you're doing and that you justify to yourself in ways that you are consciously aware of are explainable via signaling theory in ways that actually explain your behavior and the behavior of, of like, people at large better so than their given explanations. That there are motivations that you are unaware of that, when viewed this way, make much more sense for your behavior.
1: Yeah, that um Yeah, all all that makes sense. But the, the part that seems off to me is like status seems like that is a specific part of that, and not the only part, and I'm not even sure the major part. Uh, but it seems like it's sort of like that's taking an oversized amount. Like, is that when people like trying to you know send a signal of like. Um, trying to you know broadcast what their motivations for doing something are. Status is only one of the possible reasons that you would do that. Um, try, yeah. Like just be like like the big one like signaling which tribe you belong to. Um, to me, that doesn't sound like status. That's more like membership and you know affinity and not because status. At least for me, like status feels like like a a hierarchy thing like like where am I along this you know who is below me who is above me who do I have to bow down to who am I allowed to boss around and I and that's totally like a I mean I could totally see that as being um part of that signaling but that's just like one thing and not necessarily not at all like if in your interactions with anybody else in any kind of social group that's only one of the of the things you can do
0: yeah but presumably you pick your tribes partly because you think they have like they're not beneath the other tribe. No, see, right? that's what,
1: so, I mean, yes, and that totally makes sense. And I can see how that's a big thing for a lot of people. But to, because I hear it seems like that gets said as a, like, that's just sort of like a universal constant. Like, that's just a thing that's often true. I wouldn't say that's at all the, I mean, you would just want, and status is even you, like stable enough to be okay, but like not, like you're just not worried about, you know, better than, I guess like the only sort of practical concern would be around is you wouldn't even think of it as being status that way. But, like, are you so far down on the totem pole that it's going to become a problem? But if not, like, anywhere in the middle is fine as long as it's just not going to, you know, represent – as long as it's not going to cause trouble. Like, at least for me, like, I just don't give a shit. Like, that's not the – like, there's all sorts of other neurotic whatever motivations going on and reasons to signal for them. Um, but, like, where – and, like, totally – like, also a thing I can totally see is, you know, people – are and it would be important to some extent like who's above me who's below me what does that mean about what I can and can't do but that's not necessarily people's primary motivation most of the time at least for me I think most of the time it's just more about like is it have I addressed that issue enough just to know that I don't need to worry about it anymore I think a lot about like uh, like company politics like the only the extent that I play company politics is to make sure I don't have to play them anymore like okay that's done and fucking over and like I got away from that person and now I can stop worrying about that like it seems, and I, I mean, I'm sure, like lots and lots of people operate that way. But it seems like there's a almost like an assumption that it's just sort of like universally true, and it just seems like that's not always the case.
0: Oh yeah, you know? nothing, nothing here says that status is like the only thing people care about. No, um, it's no it's, yeah, status.
1: I guess it's just like it feels like uh, it comes up a lot. It seems like uh, it seems like a weird obsession, guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. It is a, a sidebar discussion that we can have later, but I'll recommend since a book recommendation is long. There's a great podcast called Rationally Speaking, which isn't mm-hmm. a rationalist podcast per se, but the co-host Julia Galef um, did find found the uh, or co-found the Center for Applied Rationality, which is more about like all right, cool, so we have got all these like thinking techni- thinking techniques. Like, how do we actually teach them, and what do they actually do for people? So that's what that organization does. Uh, she's no longer the president there. But she had Robin Hansen on at least twice, and uh, Galef has this delightful talent for like asking, like, cutting questions, but in a very like politeful and engaging mm-hmm. way. But like all the things of like where you listen to an interview with somebody and you're like, God, I wish i would ask this person that. Galef hits that harder and faster <laughs> than he thought to. It's great. Cool. So um, if you're a podcast fan, I recommend. Uh, I recommend Rationally Speaking. But if you're curious about all this. Signaling status stuff. Find the one with. Uh, you can probably just go to RationallySpeakingPodcast.com and search for Robin Hanson signaling, and this one will come up first. Sure. And then with that, um, we're almost done with the first chapter. We're almost done. Like it, so it just so, sort of
1: ends with, uh, and it's sort of like the the lingering thought in all of this is as Harry's you know was told like, okay, the trial is tomorrow, and then he suddenly you know, making all these grand plans of all the investigation he's going to be doing. We kind of get stuck with, you know, realizing, you know, very cursory. We get a little bit of explanation of he kind of went to the trophy room where it all happened and tried to something, something, you know, investigate, blah, blah, blah. But we kind of like very quickly see that he just doesn't have time to do anything. He doesn't find anything. He doesn't have a lot of time to do much more than that. we kind of just sort of get, it ends up with like him crying that he just, you know, he doesn't have the resources, he doesn't have the time and isn't finding anything to try to help Hermione. Um, And it's just kind of like, sort of like leaves the whole vibe of just how overwhelming the whole thing is.
0: Yeah. There's not a lot of time to get anything done. He used up all of his time turner turns. And one thing I did like that he, like this was outside the box thinking for me. It hadn't occurred to me. He does go looking for the Chamber of Secrets deliberately, but it seems that it hadn't been meant to be found in a day. Yeah. So, like that—that—that that was some outside the box thinking for me. I, you know, even with, uh, like it throws away that you know he's going over all the failures, for everyone else's investigations. Snape said there were no notes that the place led to that the portkey led to an empty house. Dumbledore says that he couldn't find Voldemort's spirit and it was probably hiding in the Chamber of Secrets. So Harry tried to find that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah.
2: Oh, I guess probably yeah, Like so. again,
1: like not tied to the original books. We've already we already had a snark comment about bathrooms or whatever. So I guess probably the Chamber of Secrets is not in the bathroom.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I remember Rowling retconned bathrooms out of existence uh, at the time Hogwarts was founded. So it can't be in the bathroom. Yeah. That fucking so, yeah. tweet. So
1: I guess, but I guess everything else. You know, I would, I've rowling it, aside,
0: yeah. everything else, literally everything else she's ever done. That's the thing that like. Like, you know, I can disagree with your, you know, random shit that she's been up to in the last couple of years or whatever, but, like, that's the thing that, like, I will talk about annoyingly for the longest. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean there are no fucking bathrooms? Wizard, it's in your own fucking... Did you Wizard read poop. this shit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah, and that's probably... So whatever it is from this mysterious, not flammable, but whatever, like, the thing that is being hidden in Hogwarts is in whatever the Chamber of Secrets or Chamber of Secrets equivalent... And Harry's been looking for. Uh, so I guess I it, so. It must be the well. I don't know.
0: I, no, because well, like Dumbled- Dumbledore it, hit it in Hogwarts. He wouldn't have hit it in the Chamber of Secrets.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess so. Well, so no. I guess what I'm sort of like uh, my half-formed thought is maybe we don't actually have a Chamber of Secrets, but we've got so it's it's something else entirely. But it's taking the place in the plot. It's 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 fulfilling the niche left left out by a Chamber of Secrets that we're not ever going to see. So I'm, I'm just thinking like, oh, this. The thing that was that was the Chamber of Secrets thing before is now going to be some is going to be this whatever thing because that's not the same background we had the Chamber of Secrets before and the it wasn't the like oh Dumbledore's hiding something in Hogwarts against his will but it seems like like that's sort of taking the place for that that plot element I don't know I'm just kind of like this is my this is, this is my half-formed thoughts of trying to guess what's coming next but
0: no I can take it that's why we're here There you go. I can I can't give my whole form thoughts about what's coming next because that's cheating. So
1: Whole form. All
0: right. Yes. All right. So, so we, oh.
1: the next chapter. So, this yeah. will only be like a front now. Actually, the next chapter, but not only shorter, but, uh, and it sounded really cool, but um, less plot wise. I don't think we'll be.
0: Like, the first, I don't know, uh, I don't know how long it would be on pages, but first, probably a couple pages, if you're reading this on a Kindle, are like, it's this awesome it's not yeah, quite the this position like, dump because it's not like plot dump it's just like this like bird's eye view background like it's not from a point of view
1: yeah and it's, it's just, like yeah i mean actually yeah we kind of uh switch a couple times with the point of view because we don't arrive at harry's pov until a little later but i really like it was very sort of dramatic flowery language describing it and it worked really well here because it was trying to get across the idea that like this is you know the and the room is all stone and it's lit from nowhere in particular um, and that it's, you know, older than old was built by Merlin. Um, and so it's like trying to really get across this, you know, vibe that this thing is older than people. And um, those and walls has of dark
0: stone would pass unharmed and perhaps unwarmed yeah, through the heart somewhere. of a nuclear explosion. Yeah. It's a pity that no one knows how to make them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. 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 that was like that, you know, the, the magic that it took to make it was, known by Merlin, but that the interdict of Merlin now made it that nobody will know that magic ever again. Um, So yeah, I thought, so did it, like, so that sort of language that all this was described in was a good fit with the sort of, like, sort of, you know, mythic, epic vibe that we're trying to get to it. And then I remember, like, in thinking about it afterwards, it reminded me of the same vibe around Azkaban, where it was this sense of, like, there's this sort of mysterious thing that has always been here, kind of underground, and the thing you know... Like and then we just sort of like built a bunch of modern shit around it, um, but then which then sort of like makes the thing seem even sort of more ancient-y and powerful because it's like this this only half understood thing underneath the surface. Um,
0: I liked your your reading on that for Azkaban. I don't remember it being as like laid out as this, and this place didn't seem to be older than like older than time. Well, it was made by just, Merlin, yeah, yeah, Merlin made oil, it. Yeah. And, but I'm also not clear when Merlin was supposed to have lived. Yeah. Um, you know, then again, well, because well, we actually, keep saying
1: Atlantis, and Atlantis was supposed to be like time of the Greeks, so it's at least a couple thousand. So not the King Arthur Merlin then. Oh wait, Which, no. Well, well, so we, well, so yeah, no, King Arthur Merlin. I think that Merlin was like thirteen hundreds or around a thousand, and that um, that
0: would have been too close to but Hogwarts. Merlin the, Atlantis, the Atlantis,
1: those aren't the same because Atlantis was definitely like Greeks.
0: Yeah, Atlantis is way old. And the other thing too is that like maybe it's a wrong question to ask when Merlin was around. Merlin went that he sacrificed his life and his time to create the mm-hmm. interdict and make this place. Yeah, and the, and yeah, the so, original like,
1: story is Merlin lived backwards. That's why he always knew the future.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. So maybe that, I mean, but like I said, if he sacrificed his time to make this happen, his capital T time, mm-hmm. then it, maybe it's like Merlin didn't exist Just a strange, mysterious when.
1: thing to say. You're not quite sure what that means, but it sounds kind of cool. You can't point to a
0: spot in the timeline when Merlin ha- you know lived and died mm-hmm. because he that none of that makes any sense anymore. His time is magically gone. That's fun to think about.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it was all cool. It was like, and it's all sort of like very sort of vaguely drawn. It kind of gives you this kind of it sort of amplifies the sense of like power around the thing because it's sort of like you can't understand everything that's going on. None of that really matters as far as it was just kind of cool. It doesn't yeah, it really. It's It just gives the this sense all.
0: of like solemnness and seriousness yeah. to what's about to come. I did like how it's talking about Harry in the third person. Yeah. Um, It says that... uh, It's
1: like a boy sitting next to a woman. You can infer it's Harry, and you infer that it's uh, McGonagall. Exactly. He
0: says that... To him, they're just a collection of murmuring, plum-colored robes to decorate the wooden benches, a visual background for the scene of the most ancient hall. If there is an enemy here, or something something to be manipulated, it is merely the wizengamot. The wealthy elites of Magical Britain have collective force, but not individual agency. Their goals are too alien and trivial for them to have personal roles in the tale. As of now, this present time, the boy neither likes nor dislikes the plum-colored robes because his brain does not assign them enough agenthood to be the subjects of moral judgment. He is a PC, and they are wallpaper. This view is about to change. Dum-dum-dum. I love that. I I I don't know how else to, you know, to say this other than to do a I love this trademark by Doof <laughs> um, endorsement of it. I thought that was tight. That that's one of the scenes that like has always stuck out with me, even though it's not really a scene of anything. It's one of those there's a word for that, right? What's a scene in a book that's not a scene of something? See,
2: um, Did you know there'd be I a
0: pop quiz? I don't follow. What is this whole thing with the uh back background for the most ancient hall? It's not a scene.
1: Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm not sh- I don't know. What I don't know.
0: Oh, I'm gonna exposition. I'll call uh I'll call that college you went to and have them take your diploma back
1: <laughs> i got an english degree from the pre-med school in san diego a, why would a pre-med which school is a very low status thing to have. Um, i
0: don't know that sounds status to me if we went to pre-med school to get an english degree no well i no, mean it's not not pre-med so school fucking is, is the, good. he went to pre-med school
1: at the time i think there were five colleges i think there's more now at uc san diego so you go to each one sort of has their own emphasis and i went to revel which was where all the like pre-med students would go there but she still has to take a class in humanities, where I read *Mort Arthur*. There you go, tying it all back. What's in. that? Uh, *Death* of, the death of Arthur. That's Merlin and such.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, *Mort Arthur*. Yeah, Did you read to, it in Latin?
1: Uh, I think it was in French. No, I read it in fucking English. I think nobody got time for this shit. I had to read <laughs> some title, Spanish. I, I had to read like legit Spanish. You, you have to uh, be able to take three quarters of literature in a foreign language. So I read Borges and Neruda. Did you ever complain that's that you're getting an English degree? Um, like, why, no, why do I have thing. to take another foreign language? And no, no I thought it was I had, I had a head start on everybody because I actually spoke Spanish, and everybody else had to fake it. Can you imagine? I'm like, saying. you had to take people had to take like three quarters of uh, foreign language. They had to take uh, Spanish lit, and they didn't speak Spanish. Like, they were just complaining. So no, I'm just saying, I'd, be, I'd be
0: the pedantic asshole that says I'm not here getting a Spanish degree; I'm getting an English degree.
1: No, they're like, oh, you're not here getting any kind of degree. The fuck out.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's my that's what, that's what almost exactly so, yeah, what would happen. Everybody else, <laughs> my brother
1: included, because we both went to the same college, uh, were pre-med. Nice. I got an English degree, and it all panned out. It's what I needed to further my career in computer programming.
0: Yep. I mean, I think I mentioned this once before, but I know at least, I think four, and I, I've only worked with a few dozen developers, so that's got to be a pretty high uh, just base rate. I know four political science majors who are software engineers, <laughs> and... At least two psychologists, including myself. So.
1: A lot of a engi- right. lot of engineering degrees. I think they actually generally tend to make the best. You don't computer science degrees are terrible. You have to like unlearn shit. People with engineering degrees are solid because they like used it a lot, but they used it for like practical purposes.
0: Yeah, one of the most talented engineers I know. Uh, this is his first like official dev job, and he was uh, like an engineer before this. Yeah. Not a not a computer or software engineer, but a some sort of engineer, and something about that ability that i mean you know also he's a smart guy he's been whatever fucking genius that's because they have
1: they have to use programming a lot to do what they do but they aren't ever like taught all the like stupid theory bullshit so they don't learn any of the bad stuff but they have to use it a lot so they get good at it but they haven't had like their mind fucked with by like you know you need to like they don't know big o notation because you'll never fucking use it
0: i knew it Yeah, so anyone who has to learn that shit for an interview, just tell the interviewer, like, no, if you're going to ask me on big big O notation, this is clearly a dumb job. Fuck you.
1: It's kind of true. You're not wrong. I mean, that's
0: the thing. And then we'll move past it to get the actual (laughs) book. If you need to optimize an algorithm, you Google, how do I optimize this?
1: Oh, no, you still even... You know how to optimize it. We've got, like not being able to give the correct big o notation for a particular algorithm doesn't like you still not like the thing you need to optimize you just know you're just like looking at it you're like i don't it's just more work if you do it that way so doing it this way is less and i don't know how to put the fucking number on it just
0: yeah i can tell by looking at this i I got four nested for loops that this is going to be slow as shit so that's probably not the best way to do it
1: your big o notation distracts you from the fact that you're Technically, more efficient algorithm calls out to the database inside that for loop every time, and now you're fucked. Nice. Because that theory about it being polynomial not mattering totally matters. All oh, right, but this yeah. is a Harry Potter podcast. Oh, All that's right. right, Harry Potter and the methods of object-oriented. Um, <laughs> I would read and that. the methods of <laughs> premature. <laughs> I optim- <laughs> would be super <laughs> <polite> <laughs> The methods of, of premature optimization.
0: Uh, have you seen? The- I showed you the comic of Harry speaking Python. Uh, at, the, at the snake
1: oh yeah, yeah
0: yeah anyway i didn't know you could speak python instead of parcel mouth <laughs> python's a programming language it's named after monty python not the snake but anyway yep so uh basically the daily prophet that morning read things with sane headlines like mad Muggleborn tries to end ancient line and all sorts of other things actually apparently that was the, the more eloquent version Lots of articles were less eloquent than the same thing, or saying the same thing, so. Uh, um, Dumbledore says that he, he says, I won't try and keep you from the trial. I can well foresee how that would go, but treat me with equal courtesy in return. The politics of the wizarding gamut are delicate, and of them you know nothing. Dare any folly, and it shall be her- at Hermione Granger's cost, and you will remember that folly for the rest of your days, Harry, James, Potter, Evans, Varys. Yeah, very early. about it is that he's he's taken off like the, like, I'm not going to be, let me not treat you with kid gloves here. All right, you can come. Don't fuck around because if you do, it'll be at her cost and you'll yeah. never forget it. He is just beating that into him, but I love it.
1: And Harry like seemed to like, because I mean, that's basically the same speech Dumbledore's been giving the whole time. Like you know, There's bigger shit going on and you don't know everything that's going on. Harry's, but now so, Harry, there's real stakes for Harry, yeah, right? Yeah, Harry seemed to be willing to hear it this time. I think also because like Harry's like super aware of how very like sincerely on Hermione's side Dumbledore is, so I think now that he sort of like accepts Dumbledore as an ally in this thing, um, he's w- yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna be a dick. He's you know willing to believe that the world's most powerful wizard might be his equal, or and at really- least would <laughs> When
0: when we agree now, okay, now ah, I see that the world's okay. most powerful wizard has some merit. But so when we disagree, yeah. he's some crazy cranky old man. Yes. Yeah. All right. Not necessarily endorsing that, but I—I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't I'll, even really thinking that too much. All, all I'm trying that, to do is avoid it. salt from the peanut gallery. I'll I'll go ahead and and, uh, <laughs> and retract my my caveat there of saying that that is essentially how Harry sometimes is working or can be perceived Although, to be working.
1: Yeah. And Harry that did result. a salt. <laughs> <laughs> Harry was a little, a little bit even like willing to listen to that, which is like progress for how much like up in his butt he's been these last couple chapters. So.
0: Mm. I'll do like. i just read the rest of their little... Because this, this, uh, this background thing is just in three italicized paragraphs. So I'll read the other two. Um, Harry says, I understand. I know. Just if you're planning to pull a rabbit out of your hat and save the day at the last minute when everything seems lost, please tell me now instead of, le- instead of letting me sit and worry. I would not do that to you, the old wizard said. Um, and yeah, Mr. The- Hermione. Yeah. I have no rabbits in my hat, Harry. We can only see what Lucius Malfoy
1: wants and that's, like, and that's sort of like that's kind of the crux of like when Harry's kind of going commando off on his own. like that's the thing like, um, like you can, it's not like, oh, there's stuff going on and you're not allowed to know and shut up and listen to what the grown-ups are saying. Um, you know he could be like you know if there's something going on, tell me. Um, but like at his worst, Harry is just sort of like all up in his own head and just assuming he knows everything. and that's like when he kind of runs off the rails the most. He's just kind of like bowling everybody over. It's like, you know, just because like, okay, there's more going on. You don't know what it all is. Um, that doesn't mean like you're not allowed to know, but, you know, it's sort of like including everybody else. And then like, okay, I'd like to be part of this. Let me know what's going on. And then even like Dumbledore can say like, okay, there's not, you know, there's more going on here and you're not going to get to know all of it. But um, but that does you know, that's not. Always, that doesn't have to always be true and it's kind of like that would be the the approach that would be a lot more appealing is like what he does right here which is like just let me you know if something's going on let me know um and then Dumbledore's cool he's like well yeah you know I wouldn't do that to you but so pretty you know, tight yeah. and
0: there's also this Still little living. thing and it's subtle throughout the chapters I don't think I picked this up in my first read um so Dumbledore's got his wand in one hand and the line of Merlin unbroken yeah, in the yeah, other, yeah, yeah. which is made of the same material as the hall And when he taps his podium with it, like everybody stops talking and their heads jerk up towards Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. And like the first time I read this, I think I just thought that like people were like, oh, Dumbledore is about to say something. The chief warlock is about to talk. But I think that's like a magic thing that the stick does. You tap it and like everyone in the room (laughs) shuts the fuck up and looks at you and there's no way around it. That's kind of cool. That is the literal talking stick. It's like talking (laughs) stick. It's like like what the gavel is supposed to be, but Mm -hmm. since everything I know from the movies means that the judge just bangs it and screams order over and over, and you get to scream over it, this doesn't let you scream over it.
1: Order. I love order in this court. Order.
0: I know we have at least one lawyer listening to this, and I'm I'm sure they'll just love that uh, my my perfect sense, which I'm sure is exactly accurate of how every courtroom works all the time.
1: It's highly Um, irregular, but I'll allow it. (laughs) <laughs> exactly i want to see where this is going but you better be quick
0: all right Overworld. so <laughs> um dumbledore convenes the session and uh lucius brings in the witness for Serum, which apparently is uh um oh wait drops a name it no it's hermione first i thought that I forgot when they read Draco's. That must be after this. Oh, yeah. that's uh, no.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah. Hermione walks in like below Harry. Like you can't see her until she walks in.
0: But um, he feels the disorder in the world first. Yeah. yeah he,
1: he feels the mentors coming. Oh, yeah. And so that happens. And then that's when um, Umbridge shows up to pink on him.
0: To be Umbridge, which I love <laughs> so much. Like we don't have to have her be a big character in the book. But we get, like, oh, my God. Yes, I remember oh, that feeling bitch. of wanting to hit you with a shovel. <laughs> and uh, it's delightful. Like, you, you yes. just love to hate her. And you don't feel the least bit guilty about it. Um, yeah, I'm and when I first we talked, like, that in this, yeah, in this and I hadn't,
1: like, just, like, semi-consciously because I hadn't, like, thought it through. But, like, the way she talks, it's just, the, like, the saccharine bullshit she did. I'm like, oh, is that... Um, it made me think that she was Rita Skeeter at first. Like, oh, you're, like trolling the courthouse trying to get a story but then I'm like oh wait no she's dead so that's not her but I know that she's just sort of like has was that Cornelius Cornelius Fudge she was with but he's just sort of like along for the ride
0: she's like some secretary or something I remember that she had some high office like next to the um, next to Fudge
1: Yeah. yeah it was like at least for me like the it had this weird vibe of like of you know the two of them there she was actually the one with more power in that scenario you know, not officially, but actually, and which then what made it more is this sort of like the sort of insincerity, like the the disconnect between her shittiness and the flowery happy way she talks.
0: Yeah, she's utterly delightfully evil. Um, like so, like here they t- are. And there's t- there's a Dementor. Harry freaks out, and um, this is where he decides. Like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. If you guys are gonna bring in a goddamn Dementor to torture this poor girl, when when everybody knows there's no fucking point. Then fuck you guys, and he he says it more grandiosely. I think than that. Yeah. Um, he says that he tried to flee into his dark side, but he hadn't done that fully since Azkaban. And when his blood was something like cold, he looked up again and saw Hermione in the chair again, and discovered that his dark side knew nothing about how to deal with this type of pain. It pierced through the coldness like a knife, and it didn't hurt less in the yeah, slightest.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and the uh, and this yeah and this played better too because like that rage like at least. And this, it's, it was so very, like, on its face, on behalf of Hermione. So it was easier to, yeah. It was kind of like easier yeah. to get behind.
0: I um, like the. Uh, um, she's like, oh, did you have something to say, Mr. Potter? Like, it's, like, yeah. cheerful, as if this wasn't a trial. Fuck and he you. says that, the headmaster says I shouldn't talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you have our permission to talk. I'm sure the guy it's always happy to hear from the boy who lived. <laughs> and. He's like, why? Because I got rid of the Dark Lord? There's something darker in this room. and Get fucked, lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is where, yeah, she, he, where he kind of flips there. out. And she's like, well, of course they're needed to guard. He's like, a 12-year-old girl? Those are the darkest creatures in the whole world. And then you know he goes on. I'm trying not to read the whole chapter. But then he says, you should vote to send it away. Well, we'll certainly have no such vote. That's enough, Madam Umbridge. Mr. Order.
1: Potter. Order. Order. Yes
0: although of course the boy is he's correct kind of on every count
1: yeah i like that line a lot cuz it like let you know it's sort of like stood in contrast to all the other kind of arguing that like dumbledore is not like he's not he's not like an apologist for the bad shit that's going on or like advocating like we're not going to do anything like he wants to do stuff but he's like he's you know he's the one having to play the game by the game's rules um, which suck often but i think it was just sort of like a, a good insight like sort of the the you know, at the center, you know, Dumbledore's on the right side. So.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's cool. Also in, um, you know, Fox. I got distracted so. looking up another, another quote here, but um, we'll push past that. And so Hermione gives her, you know, rendition of the events, which Harry doesn't even listen to because he's sure they're bullshit. Yeah. And then. Um,
1: yeah, Hermione speaking of the PC, NPC. Hermione's been very much an NPC these couple of chapters. Like she's just sort of like, not in control of all her faculties, so she's just kind of, like, stoned the whole time.
0: Well, and I think that's partly... It says that when she takes the very yeah. to her face goes slack, and, you know, there's this, like, emptiness to her words.
1: Yeah. And, um, the, and then when they when they first arrest her, she's in this just weird daze and not understanding what it was she did. And, well, she yeah. knew what she... I think she, she knew, knew but what she, but she was just kind of, like, not all that. At least my my impression of it is, like, she's just... Like, she knew what she did... De- did but she didn't understand why she had done it she's just like super confused like there's not there weren't any like you know deep intelligent thoughts coming out of her mind she's just kind of like totally fucked up and confused right now
0: yeah and i'll go ahead and say too that i think that like this is how you do like a quote damsel in distress thing correctly which is where your damsel is actually this super badass that you know is this you know really strong character really strong-willed person who has all these awesome attributes but like, so this doesn't keep her, this keeps her from like just being a prop yeah. that, you know, Indy has to go save from the, whatever people's temple that he broke into or something, right? Yeah. Um, this is a, a real person that we actually care about too. Yeah. So it's heartbreaking to see her sit there and sobbing in front of the gamma telling him this story and uh, it's this whole thing. And then. Lord Malfoy says, If it pleases my lords, I should like to have the testimony of my son, Draco, witnessed under two drops of Veritaserum, read aloud at this time.
2: I thought it was funny because I
1: think it was explicitly, like, because didn't they say, like, Hermione got three drops of Veritaserum, and so it's like another flex. Like, Draco only gets two because he's not, you know, the bad guy.
0: You know, I'm trying to remember what the ordering is. One drop means you can't lie. I think two drops... um, like maybe means you have to answer questions, honestly, or something. And then three means you have to like spill forth every relevant fact. Is this like
1: a style? I'm pretty sure that's not like books? Is that like a fan is that fan fiction canon? No, that's definitely canon stuff. That's I don't, I'm in trouble remembering. Really? Right. I that's news to me. I think we like we didn't talk about Veritas Sermon isn't real big in the original books. I mean it's there, but yeah. Really? I, I I like getting it down that seems, I don't know.
0: I mean it makes it weird then that why they'd measured it out in drops.
1: Well, it sounds like the kind of thing you, like, get all over in, like, fan fiction. So it, it seems very not Rowling to get that detailed on. I don't think it's going to be wrong.
0: All right, let me see here. Um, I could have sworn there was a whole thing about drops. Uh, oh, how fun. Apparently, J.K. Rowling says that a gifted occlumens can resist veritaserum. That's on the, the notes here. So that uh, is, is Rowling bring one, bringing one of her own lawyers to her world for once. <laughs>
1: She's she a billionaire. She's got a team of lawyers.
0: Yeah, I guess I can't remember. I, all I know is that three drops, it says, is so powerful that it would have the drinker spilling forth his or her innermost secrets. Mm. Um, yeah, I just like
1: that was sort of like, because it seemed like we went to a lot of trouble, to not a lot of trouble, but very, being very specific about the number of drops and that it was less for Draco. It's kind of like this little subtle, like, fuck you.
0: There, like I said, there is something specific about how much it makes you volunteer, but I can't remember mm. what the difference is now. So someone else will would, that back be, would that be? Like
1: if somebody, yeah, would a person reading a lot of fan fiction for Harry Potter would this already be like an established rule that they'd be aware of?
0: Uh, I'm probably not the best person to answer that. Mm. Yeah, I'm I, just wondering. I, mean, if it I like, guess it's like, known like, put that. there's
1: like its own new thing, or is this sort of like you know kind of dealing in a in a kind of currency around you know an established thing? Alas, I can't remember. You suck.
0: Uh, yeah, well, what can I say? It's like 9.30, so it yeah. happens when we start late and we got lots of yeah. f- horses to beat to death. Um, All right, but, so, yeah. Dum- so in, I, like Dumbledore
1: to- knows, and I think, I guess maybe I'd already talked with beforehand with Harry, that um, Dumbledore is just because he's the Grand Poobah, um, the head mugwump, um, he can just do whatever the fuck he wants, including just deciding to pick a side in a trial that he's presiding over and argue it. Um, but he knows that, uh, that it won't, he can't sell like, oh, she didn't do it. Cause she said she did it. Um, but he because he does want to advocate for her. So he basically kind of gives a whole, you know, speech, basically a character witness, um, to just try to like build sympathy for her. Um, so that they don't go all crazy with the sentencing, which totally doesn't work. But...
0: Right. I also like too, how, um, after the Draco's, testimony ends his whatever recited testimony it says the deliberations of the wisdom Gamma began if it could call them that mm-hmm. it seemed that many members of the wisdom Gamma were of the strong opinion that murder <laughs> was,
1: bad. <laughs> it was bad
0: and it's just like ah oh, you fucking people just you know whatever you call it like uh like parroting and chest puffing like well i think mm-hmm. murder is bad well of course i think murder is terrible and it's like you guys aren't even thinking about so i get like this is where harry I think is getting frustrated um, just because it's like you guys are arguing the wrong question no one here thinks murder is good you, what the fuck man you guys are just you guys have the goalposts so stupidly placed that we're missing the entire point of I why was, we're here I was
1: weirdly reminded of the when the GOP held up the uh, nomination Obama nominating a Supreme Court justice and then got all pissed off if it was going to be done to them later it's just like the the, the bald about face on it
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like, imagine too, like the political suicide that any politician would have had in 2000, in October of 2001, when, you know, every talking head on the news was saying, no, let's, let's nuclear bomb the Middle East. And it's like, well, which country? Doesn't matter. Let's get them. And if someone said, well, now, hold on, you know, let's keep in mind that the terrorists, you know, in their own minds were the heroes of their own story and that they should be treated with humanity. Like that person would have just been the first one to be thrown from an airplane, right?
1: So, also keep in mind, we get all our oil from Saudi Arabia. So, we won't attack the country where they came from.
0: All of it is a misnumber. I think we get, I think a third of it is produ- produced domestically. Oh, yeah. Some of it's from Venezuela. That said, we get a non-negligible portion of some shit from Saudi Arabia, and more. A lot more than we get from Afghanistan. As long Afghanistan. as we're talking politics, there's a nice Trump quote. I love the Saudis. They buy lots of Trump toys. <laughs> um, so, if he's gonna lick boot of Saudi princes, that's why. Um, anyway. This isn't a, a political podcast, we're gonna, we're gonna, believe it or not. This gonna, is a
1: we're going to piss off our pro-Trump listeners. I
0: mean, if someone wants to, just... I would just be—I like, would
1: be like totally fascinated. I wouldn't even like. I would respectfully like try to listen because that's just bizarre to me, and I, I think would be, I would—I would like to understand.
0: I will always respectfully listen, and not, I don't that, think anyone would say noise, like Trump didn't say bad. that. They would—they would have you know some explanation of why that's a okay thing for him to say or like many trump voters i know they would say yeah that part's fucked up i don't like that." no part. not like so. not
1: anybody somebody that but i'm trying to square somebody that would listen to an hpmor podcast and vote for trump like those two together i like i that fascinates me and i want to understand how that one works
0: there is a surprising subsection of the population that believes that rationalists are alt-right aligned and i have no clue where that perception comes from yeah. but uh I would also be surprised if that person's out there and um, I don't know. Jump on Discord, hit me up. We can chat, and I, I have no trouble being 100% sincere. That I'm planning to be like super nice about it. I'm not an asshole. Um, I love it. I love talking with people. If anyone wants to talk to me about anything, hit me up anytime. And if I'm busy, I'll just wait to reply. So, moving back to the book, we have.
2: (laughs) Stupid aside. you hear that
1: the Malfoys are apparently Scottish. That was new to me. Uh, what? It little, I, yeah, it was like, oh, destroying, like, it was something about them like, talking about, like, trying to end the line of the noble house Malfoy and, and Scott something about Scotland. Like, really?
0: Well, uh, okay. I think Scotland is where Hogwarts is.
1: Is that? No. no, no I have to
0: go back so, I, I remember have, that being a thing. Hogwarts is anyway. in Scotland? It's news to me. Well, because I remember there was some joke about that, like, if Harry, it was like in the early book, something about leaving a big hole where Scotland was or something. Huh. Um, oh, if he got his wand. Now that was destroying his parents' house. No, okay, now I can't remember. Who cares? We've got to move through this. So. <laughs> um, Dumbledore doesn't make the defense that she didn't do it. He says, look, uh, she really is beloved with the Hogwarts staff. She helps Hufflepuffs with their homework. And just keep in mind that no one's actually hurt. Dumbledore or Draco's fine. And if some temporary madness has seized Miss Granger, then all she deserves is sympathy and a healer's attention. And all that's coming over the screams of protest from the mob, and uh, Lucius Malfoy bellows. E- oh, did you listen to the
1: audiobook of this? I, uh, I no, mentioned I that. I was getting killed by work today.
0: I. Oh yeah, that's right. That's part of why we started late. So, uh, the voice actor for for Lucius Malfoy is always going to be the voice of Lucius Malfoy in my head forever and ever. It <laughs> is outstanding, and everyone needs to hear it. So, if you, if honestly, I haven't sold the audiobook to you at this point. There's nothing else I can say, but. Uh, you do owe it yourself to listen to the last five minutes of chapter 80. Just listen to Malfoy. Just uh, every syllable this guy delivers with it is like, I don't know, to me, top tier voice acting. Anyways. Nice. Um, he says, enough for what this mad woman has tried to do to my son for the blood that she owes for trying to end the line of a noble and most ancient house. I say that she will. And then someone sitting directly next to Lord Malfoy Azkaban. says, Azkaban. Send the mad mudblood to Azkaban. And then there's more people cheering for that. And Dumbledore says, you know, you're out of order. And this proposal is barbaric and beneath the dignity of this assembly. And but maybe Malfoy not. says, like, well, Sadly, you know, no. I hadn't planned to ask it. Like, I didn't plan to ask mm-hmm. this guy who sits next to me to say that. <laughs> but, you know, if it's the will, the wisdom gamut, let her pay as any in her place would pay. Let it let. And the guy delivers this in the audiobook let it be as azkaban it's so fucking cool <laughs> it's a lot less corny when he does it i swear um anyway there are lots of cheers went up and uh dumbledore says are you all lost she's too young and there's this whole thing of back and forth of uh um malfoy just basically saying look that's the deliberations are over that's how the, that's how our courts work we i get to say i'm wronged i bring it to the court I ask for literally whatever I want, and it's voted on its reasonableness. That's apparently how the court here works.
1: I uh, declared it, it's been declared. <laughs> no backseats.
0: But the weird thing is, like, that, that does seem to be roughly how it works. He comes in, he's allowed to ask mm-hmm. for literally whatever he wants, and then the assembly votes on its reasonableness. <laughs> and so he gets to say, yeah, you know, sure, nothing's like this and it's been done in centuries, but fuck it, that's what mm-hmm. I want. So, um.
1: And rip this- out our fingernails
0: right and shave her head and uh um i don't know can't think of anything else so there's this uh bit back and forth where lucius challenges dumbledore and he says blood calls for payment of blood the blood for my family not for any price will i sell the blood debt owed to my son um i'm reading the whole thing rather than the last bit he's basically saying (laughs) if you confess to murdering my fucking wife like you did to me in front of everybody then i'll let this pass yeah and, and
1: then somebody like yell is it was it uh Neville's grandmother's like you know, don't waste any time, you know what answer you have to give
0: I think it's um uh, just,
1: just phones, oh okay, I didn't yeah. quite get the subtext of that around like, oh well, why couldn't yeah, it didn't
0: the subtext about
1: about like like don't you know don't even have that conversation, you know you have to say no um i guess is what? that it would that it would have been he'd be he would then be punished for that crime if he admitted to it yeah I if he
0: stood of, up there and said i killed way. your wife happy now and yeah then presumably right. they would you know I guess I rip his robes out shave like... his beard and put him in the chair <laughs> <laughs> yes. so um, then he says no i refuse to surrender to your fucking blackmail and i do this is where augusta longbottom chimes in cuz he says uh, Lucius says something like uh, oh no I didn't have any purpose other than to uh, show you guys that you know his pretended heroism and that he would never sacrifice himself to save her and Augusta chimes in cruelty worthy of a death eater not that I'm implying anything of course
1: <laughs> yes and so and then so it's going to be kind of, do they vote like it's done before then Harry calls him out or is I don't know it's, so it's right before they're going to vote <clears throat> but then Harry what does he just shout out? He just shouts out, Lose his mouth, boy!
0: Yeah. And, well, there's also, like, this nice moment where Hermione is able to regain some oh, control yeah. of herself and whips her head around to look at him. And she looked at Harry Potter, and though she didn't speak, it was absolutely clear what she was saying. And, again, in the audiobook, this is delivered so well. It's, like, very stunted speech. Harry, help me, please. And it maybe comes across better on the voice that it does on the page because it doesn't hit with the, dr- with the drama there that it does on. The uh, the audio Have I mentioned that there's an a book of this that I really enjoyed? Maybe enjoy? a little
1: bit. All right. It's not, it's not working. So
0: on then, then Harry stands up and says, "Lucius Malfoy," and then we get this. Um, <laughs> I just saw your fucking last notes here. <laughs> yeah, to, uh, we can't not read those. So. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. that. Okay. That was my finest um, moment for this week. So then, then take over for me. It's after the line break. And yes, but, Harry yeah, yeah. So out for Lucius, he yell,
1: like yells at Lucius, and he's sort of like, and then everybody's like, "Oh my God, it's the boy who lived." Um, and basically, like Harry calls him out, is like, "Dummy!" Like he says, "Like you are a smart man." Um, and dummy, this is very clearly not Hermione that did this. Somebody is trying to fuck with you, and you are playing along. Don't be an idiot. Um, like he's she's
0: actually nice about it, which shows that even when yeah. he's mean or when, he, when he's angry. He can be not mean if yeah. it's to his advantage. <laughs> I guess so.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. There's not going to be any uh, consequence. He,
0: like, he, I yeah. mean, he compliments him like five times yeah. in this whole thing. This folly does not become you. You are a Slytherin and an intelligent one. You know this is a plot. Which of like by saying that, you know, he can't be like it's not a plot. Actually, he does say that. He says literally that yeah. a plot. You say a plot. You
1: say. Um, yeah, but you can not tell. Like as he's saying all this, like you can tell it's. It, it, prompts the use of the word (laughs) rictus. That it's like a... It's not that he's just like, ah, no, I don't believe it. Like, it bothers him and he's thinking about it. Um, And I thought... I thought it was kind of interesting because, like, you kind of get the feeling that, like, yeah, it partially worked on him. um, Not enough for it to actually work. uh, But that, like, what... When he finally just sort of, like, rejects the whole thing um, from Harry and says, like, no, fuck it, we're going to vote in um, uh, Senator Azkaban that, like, the the way that went down in Malfoy's head was a combination of, of just be that he was like legitimately rattled, but that he really does love his son and is worried about protecting him. So that, you know, somebody tried to kill his son. Um, so he's rattled by that and not entirely um, thinking straight. Uh, but then also is just like, fuck it. She's in my blood. Anyway, he's just sort of like pissed off and like giving himself permission to be irrational about it. And, Um, So it's like he just kind of gives into both of those like not entirely compatible ways of thinking about it Um, just because it's sort of like it it lands where his emotions want to go with it, which is like, you know, let's just fuck this chick up Um, because it's sort of a way of him lashing out at all the people he doesn't like. It hurts all the right people. Um,
0: Yeah, I think that um, you hit the nail on the head with like he's and it. I mean, it, well, it's kind of exactly like he said he would be at that Christmas yeah. threat that he gave to Harry. That like, if anything happens to my son, I will lose my shit. And actually, now, if the words he used, son, "I his will, shit is I will, lost."
1: I think he said the words he said was, "I would give myself over to vengeance," and which is a word he drops a couple times in, in this speech.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, and so yeah. So they're about get, to
1: they're about to hold the vote, and Harry's like, he's one. Harry can see like, okay, this isn't gonna work. Um, so he says, you will earn my enmity if you do this thing, Lucius. And Malfoy says, grow some pubes, nerd. <laughs> All right, maybe didn't, he didn't really
2: say that. That was the All part right. that made me laugh when I saw <laughs> it in the notes. Okay, what he
1: really said was, if you want the enmity of the house of Malfoy, you shall have it, child.
0: Um, he said it just like the guy in the audiobook, It was awesome. Child. So, yeah, the the reason if that Harry... you're was 11 years
1: old, fuck up. Like the...
0: the the reason Harry tries that though is that Draco he's like scrambling for everything that he can think of like what weapons does he have left and then he remembers that Draco had said that Lucius was scared of him for unknown reasons and he could see that the the rictus in Lord Malfoy's face had become drawn and tight and that it was taking all of his courage for him to tell Harry to shut up so he's thinking just like alright I'll straight up threaten him and then yeah like you said Lucius says grow some pubes nerd (laughs) 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 and then of course you get Madam Umbridge Now, really, I think this has gone on quite long enough. Wouldn't you say, Lord Malfoy? The boy will miss his classes. Fuck you! Yeah, you just want to grab one of those chairs and hit her in the face. I don't advocate violence, but Dolores Umbridge has always been the exception. She's not strictly a human, so... Exactly. (laughs) She is the embodiment of... She's, like, not even the interesting kind of evil. She is just the embodiment of the worst, with a capital W.
1: Interesting, I was just uh, quoting... The Nazi from Schindler's List, who is played by Ray Fine, who played Voldemort.
2: What? Oh, it comes
1: back That's strictly—he was talking about Jews. That's strictly human. It's,
0: Jeez. yeah. Well, it's always—I guess like all these British actors—they're all going to tie together somewhere. Nazis.
1: Nazis, legit.
0: Um. Anyway, so then they call the vote by show of hands. Let the wisdom government acknowledge the blood debt owed by the noble and most ancient house of Malfoy for the attempted murder and the last scion of its, er, of the attempted murder of its last scion and ending of its line. By Hermione, the first Granger. The first
1: Granger. we got a lot of mileage out of the word Scion. I
0: know, it's tight. It's, just, it's a great it's word. It's not just
2: a car. It's Nor a is it just car. the,
0: uh... Whatever, Superman from Worm, so... <laughs> everyone should read Worm. Anyway. Hands shot up one after another. The secretary who sat at the bottom circle began to make marks on a parchment to tally them, but it was obvious which way the majority had gone. And then we get Harry <laughs> freaking the fuck out. And... Uh, And it not working, right? So what were you gonna say? Oh, yeah, in your notes here, you said something about he should have what?
1: Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. So as this was playing out, I guess like the further it got in, it didn't seem like okay that would have huge plot implications. But like, so Harry's like thrashing around, and he's like definitely like in this last paragraph, he's like totally just trying to he's he wants to go super cyan. He just wants to lose his shit. He's trying to figure out what kind of desperate over-the-top thing can he do to try to save Hermione because like all the options are running out and especially because we had brought because the Dementor is in there and he's already brought attention to it and he's already pissed off about it. Um, what I pictured which would have just been awesome with, if he had just gone like full like, like fuck it and just flipped the table over and pulled out the um, the human Patronus and just wasted the Dementor that's in the room just to like flex on the entire fucking room and says now and now you fucking let her go. That
0: would be cool. I, li- I like your line of thought. I like. I'm with you. I'm curious if they would just be like, "Okay, that was fucking weird. So what were we voting on again? Right? Send <laughs> yeah, right. this bitch so... to Azkaban. Um I feel like that's what Lucius would say. But that is that's a just... a really fun mental That'd image cool. to play out. And
1: you, know, you could just go to, Azkaban, or maybe I'm just or or to was... Maybe that's
0: exactly how it, how the next chapter starts. Yes. Speaking of the next chapters, we are doing 81, 82, and 83 next time, oh, because 83 is, is I'm guessing, that's a two-minute read. Yeah. So
1: Actually, I think that's probably less word count than this week. I think yeah, so. I didn't really do the math sure. for Just it, but, right uh, yeah. So there we are.
0: There I are. Uh, We're sitting on dead air. Anything else uh, you want to add for this one?
1: Uh, I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's 10 o'clock, everyone.
0: Look. We started our day, like what, 15 and a half hours ago, so 14 and a half, so you're too tired to do math. I hope we didn't butcher the the trial chapter. We're
1: at about 2.40, this is just about right on time. That's our sweet spot. There you go. Sort of what they've come to expect.
0: Well, I hope everyone had fun, and everyone come back in a couple, or wait, not a couple, in one week (laughs) for... Your usually scheduled program will be here talking about chapters 81, 82, and 83.
1: Toodles, everybody.